begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris, aka Star Raptor, for Outer Rim Transmission, your weekly Star Wars podcast. This is episode number 70. I'm with the whole crew. I'm with Milton and Ben. And today we're continuing our adventure through chronological order of the wonderful Star Wars saga with happens to be my favorite movie of the whole saga, Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi, the first movie I've seen in Star Wars that got me hooked. Um, I've told that story many times. Um, it's probably not worth repeating at this point. But how's it going, Ben? I know you and I know Good. you, and Milton, are are currently in the midst of uh, following the NFL. That's all yep, started. Yep, we're, it's already that time. Yep. It's August now. <laughs> yep, we're just getting ready for football season, preseason right now. First week, first regular seasons, not until about the first weekend of September. So we got some time. But yeah, getting excited about that. You know, uh, having a good week of working out. Um, nothing too crazy Star Wars related this week for me, for my like, um, you know, my week overall in Star Wars. Nothing. Nothing that exciting other than like I saw one thread on Twitter that kind of made me laugh. I was like, this is like the summary of like Twitter these days, because it was like if it wasn't for Disney, Star Wars, Star Wars wouldn't be known worldwide. I was like, get out of here. <laughs> like, come on now. Um, you know, George Lucas's Star Wars, like, you know, that's iconic. But I just had to laugh like just just uh, at like the hot takes on Twitter with Star Wars fans. Sometimes it's always a good, good conversation on there. So, uh, you know, no, nothing too exciting. Just the typical checking out what fans are saying. Um, I had one of the bigger Star Wars YouTubers, Star Wars Theory. He responded to me on Twitter this week. That was pretty cool. And uh, speaking of people responding or stuff on Twitter, interactions on Twitter, Chris, how about you? You had one as well. Oh, yes, Ben. Um, so as I do, and I wish I had him up here with me. Uh, I'll, I'll show you guys next week. I have like a whole like Chris... Uh, shows off his Star Wars toys uh, <laughs> segment coming for next week. But, yeah, I basically was painting up a Darth Maul at the time um, for, for the Shadow Collective of, of the Star Wars Legion miniatures. And I was scrolling through Twitter, and Sam, uh, you know, the good old guy that actually plays Maul, plays Emperor Sam Witwer, on Twitter I posted pics of him painting up a snail tank for Star Wars Legion the same game. So I was like, ah, let me chime in on this. I... <laughs> Did a work in progress image of my mall, which only basically had his face painted at that point. And he, and he loved the tweet. He didn't say anything, but it was kind of one of those moments where it's like, yes, he's one of us and, and he understands. And, and we all know because Sam Witwer is awesome. Like he, you know, originally oh, yeah. star killer. He is a wealth of knowledge. He's been known to correct the creatives on the on the jobs he's on with Star Wars. Like, no, that's not the right lightsaber for Solo. He should have this lightsaber because he's in this time frame. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. He's awesome. He's always, like, all over the fans' uh, podcasts and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to be like, oh, yeah, I looked at my phone like, Sam Whitmer, I love your tweet. I'm like, oh, oh, oh wow. You know, so it, it's pretty neat. Cause, oh, yeah. um, he does have a video, I think, somewhere you can find it of him touring the facility of Fantasy Flight Games, and this is before Darth Maul came out in the game, and he's like, yeah, you guys are making a Darth Maul, right? Like, he's back here somewhere, right? You know, so so it was pretty cool um, to, to see that interaction. So, yeah, Twitter, we also, you know, we always talk, I feel like every week we mention Twitter, because most of the time it's a negative thing, but yep. as you're saying, Ben, it, it, Twitter can be a positive place because it's, as close oh, yeah. as we can get to some of these creators, some of these uh, creatives and, and actors um, to have some cool oh. goings on back and forth, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, Twitter, you know, 
I always I always take shots at it because you know there's there's definitely a lot of negatives on there, but there's positives with Twitter as well. You know, um, being able to actually like interact with some of the creatives, um, whether it be Star Wars or other like favorite movie franchises or shows or games and stuff like that. A lot of those people will like interact with you, you know, like, um, like Steven Stanton, he's responded to me plenty of times <laughs> on Twitter. Um, plenty, plenty of times. Like when star Wars rebels was, was coming out, I swear, like he, he always like recognized my name, like out of people tweeting him because like every week I would be tweeting him during rebels and he would always respond back to me. <laughs> like I've all, like he responded to me almost like every week when rebels was airing live. So like, that was really cool back then. Um, and then just like little, little interactions like that, whether it be one of the best ones was like Mark Hamill liked one of my tweets before, um, you know, stuff like that. Katie Sackhoff did as well, like, um, during the Mandalorian and then, uh, you know, just even in other franchises, like for people that seen Gotham, um, the, uh, the one guy, there's an actor named Andrew Sellen. He played, he plays this one guy. Um, so there's a, there's a bet, there's a villain in the DC universe who, uh, who uses like a puppet and he's, he's like a killer with a puppet. I can't think of the name. Um, I think it's Mr. Penn actually anyways, but, um, the actor who plays him actually follows me on Twitter. So it's like, Oh, that's cool. So like, you know, just getting like cool interactions like that with people. I mean, heck the guy that played, um, the penguin and the Riddler in um, in the Gotham show, like they both responded to me plenty of times when Gotham was airing over the years, you know? So it's like, it's fun. Like actually as fans getting to interact with like your favorite, like, people in your shows and movies and especially like in the star Wars franchise, like that's really neat because a lot of the star Wars social media discourse is negative and it's just cool getting some of like the positive feedback as well. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. So what's new with you, Milton? Uh, nothing much. I mean, like Ben mentioned earlier, you know, and I, you mentioned it too, you know, NFL starting. So today was me enjoying my Eagles preseason football. Um, so I'm, I'm been excited for my team. However, I'm not going to jinx it. I'm going to let it all play out <laughs> into the regular season because I'm one of those fans like that. And, of course, as you see, I'm repping one of my e- mini Eagles jerseys. Nice. As for um, my week in Star Wars, I really don't have much this week. Honestly, it's been such a weird, yeah. long week. So, um, I mean, I'm just excited just to get into the commentary. I will say I did have a discussion this past week with my friend Amanda, who I told you about who has been watching the movies with me thus far. And I will say, she said, we need to talk about Ben and Chris's reaction to my thoughts on New Hope. So her and I talked about that at dinner on Tuesday. And uh, she she was she's excited to see the next two movies. Mm. Um, I still have to probe her to watch the prequel still, just because I, th- I think she's still not really much of a science fiction person. However, I'm working on her. So she's definitely going to watch Empire. She's definitely going to watch um, Jedi. And her favorite characters have been thus far Chewie and Leia and I believe R2, she said. Good choices. Yeah. I mean, R2 is the savior of the galaxy. Leia is the foundation that holds the glue together, essentially, right? So you got that. What was the last one you said? What was the third one? R2. said R2, Leia, and who else? Chewie. Oh, Chewie, yeah. I mean, he's he's the heart of Star Wars. I mean, he really yeah. is the unsung hero as well, but he's also the heart, right? Right, right. Yeah, no, she, she's she's interested. She wants to know about a love story, and I said, I'm not going to tell you anything else. I said, you got to just watch the next <laughs> film because you'll see how things develop. So I don't want to give anything away. Like, she, she's not going to watch tonight's episode with us because I don't want her to 
be spoiled about what we talk about. Um, but like I said, I told her once she watches those films, you guys will definitely get an update uh, about how she reacts <laughs> or likes the films. Nice. That's great. Nice. So as we always say, uh, before we go into it, actually, as I you know do the normal runabout of what announcements we have, for those of you that are watching live, uh, or even after the fact, we're going to be watching Return of the Jedi in its fullness. So make sure you go ahead and whatever you're watching, Laserdisc, VCR, Disney+, Plus, you know, just rewind it, whatever, go all the way back to that 000 mark, and we will count down when we're ready to do that. But we'll give you a minute or two to get ready for that. In the meantime, we go live every Friday, just around this time, around 9 o'clock uh, p.m. on Eastern Time. We do have the chat live and, and, and up and running, so people like Semperfee Danny can send in messages. They are saying, hi, first time listening to ORT, but I'm also digging the NFL football talk, LOL. So there we go, uh, Semperfee <laughs> Danny. Uh, join us every week. We're here chatting the latest with Star Wars news releases and everything else that connects to uh, the galaxy we also love. Um we also do this on a podcast, so make sure if you don't want to watch us, if you can't at the time, if you're on the road a lot or doing whatever where you can't look at a screen, you can download us on any kind of streaming platform, whether it be Spotify, Apple, Google, or Amazon, or there's even many others than that. So go ahead and just search Outer Room Transmission and tell all your friends if they're Star Wars fans that we would love for them to join our very welcoming, friendly community here at Outer Room Transmission. Um, so yeah, with that being said, um, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, hearing her reaction to Empire for sure, Milton, cause, uh, she wants romance. Well, there's a little bit of romance to that one. That's for sure. Um, right. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, cause I know she's, she's asked questions about like Luke and Leia and I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. Like, you're not going to get me to talk about it. So I'm, I'm curious to see how she's going to react. And I told her, I said, once you watch empire and um jedi i'm curious if she's going to want to know like okay what happened to their parents you know so i'm hoping that would sway her to say okay let's go back and watch the prequels you know and see that particular i think it definitely will just because of the um the events that happens in return of the in um, empire and return of the jedi i think that'll definitely swear because then you could say hey um you know there are these other movies that basically cover that Exactly. Well, that's what I tried to tell her at dinner this past week. But that's, you know, that's your I, pitch, it's, basically. It's, it's like pulling teeth <laughs> with her when it comes to this stuff. I again, I need her to watch other films too down the road. So let's yep. get to the original trilogy. I know she'll like them, and then hopefully she'll say, "Oh, I'm curious to see how their parents got together," because she wants a love story. There nice. we go. There we go. Um, so we're gonna get into it. So everybody, if you're watching live. After the fact, like I said, we're going to rewind to 000. We'll go from a count of three and we'll start it. I mean, again, I say this as a preamble to every one of these. You do not have to watch these to hopefully get enjoyment. We are just basically talking about vaguely what we're seeing, not even all the time, right? So these are just discussion about Return of the Jedi in general. Well, oh, yeah, that and, you know, just something to keep in mind with like, um, our like our new viewer that's here and any other anybody that's like listening or maybe watching this or hopping in, like, um, you know, we definitely try to like talk through most of this. These um, commentaries. We're not like some other YouTubers where they'll just sit there and like not say anything for two and a half hours straight. So uh, you know, we just basically like give our thoughts and breakdowns, like basically scene by scene. Yeah, I mean that would be a pretty 
boring podcast if somebody on the well, other end there's... is listening and it's just like just silence like 90% of the time like I wouldn't want to listen there... to that <laughs> there, are pl- there are plenty of commentaries though that do that like you know on YouTube like if you look up people there are plenty of commentaries that do that they don't say much and it's like this isn't even entertaining but that's uh, that's the bonus of, of watching ours <laughs> here we go well, we're going to jump in you guys ready Milton Ben you ready all right, we're going to yeah. go in three, two, one. Here's Return of the Jedi. Even though it's on Disney+, Plus, we still get the 20th Century Fox fanfare. Gotta love it. I'm so glad they kept that. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I thought it was gone. No, I think, I think contractually they have to because of the... Because of when it was made. They can't and change I, the yeah, they can't change that. originals. Okay. Yeah, like George was like, nah, these are what they are. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think 20th Century Fox would be ups, would be very happy to see that they're not yep. represented anymore in these you know films. Well, yeah. well, that's why um that's why McClunky was still in A New Hope because it's it was George's final cut. Right. That's why. Oh really? Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, so it's interesting that I timed the release of this commentary because next week um, is the release of a brand new book called. Uh, the scoundrel or the princess and the scoundrel, which basically is moments after this with Leia and, and Han getting married on on uh, Endor and all that fun stuff. So, I mean, that wasn't in the back of my mind when I told you guys like, ah, we're gonna watch this. And I was realizing like, oh crap, mm-hmm. I probably was gonna watch this anyway because <laughs> the book right, is right. coming out. So, uh, yeah, there's 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 a currently a Star Wars comics line that is taking place right before this movie. Um, so I'm very interested to see, like, if we're ever going to get that in the comics with the Bothans and all that cool stuff that's, you know, said off screen. What about this Battle of Tanab that Lando references there on the fleet? And how does he become a general? Like, all that stuff is stuff that's kind of in between the lines. Um, but other than that, I mean, this is, this like I said, this is my favorite Star Wars movie. Just the feel of it, the look of it, everything oh, yeah. about I it think, is great. I think this is one of the stronger openings when it comes to especially you know we see darth vader's i believe darth vader's we see him first in this first scene right when mm-hmm. he show up to the second death star yeah i think this is probably yeah. one of his better entrances honestly because especially how it sounds i think they got so good at this point with the sound you know mixture and making him louder and bigger than what he was like if we had the sound on i i love how we hear how his voice is projected how and I think that just shows like the space over the hangar time. too. Yeah, they're they're in the hangar. They're showing the space of them being in an un- or incomplete, you know, star destroyer or excuse me, Death Star. Uh, but I love the opening crawl with it. It was a very strong opening crawl. For this to be 1983, the graphics still hold up till this day. Like like the CGI is on point and it looks cleaner. Like how it's the film stock is shot. Oh yeah, it's crazy how they clean this up. Uh, just noting, I love the death star 2 design and Mm. how it looks like a skull it's like just this creation or what's it destroyed we don't know what's going on with it right and and the fact that they're able to spin up a second death star that quickly that's that's a story we haven't gotten into canons um but it's definitely something i want to learn more about i thought there was something in legends where there was potentially two being constructed at the same time or at least one because i know in ralph mccoy's drawings there are there are pictures out there of multiple Death Stars being created around yep. the same time. Uh, it makes yeah, sense. that was definitely a 
that was a legend story for sure. I remember that, Milton. It was yeah. um, because that was getting built in the background of this main primary, the main primary Death Star from um, A New Hope. Right, right. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, there's so many things about this movie that they could have added, you know, when it comes to like some of the art that was out there or even just notes. But I'm pretty sure at one point, I think Coruscant might have was going to be introduced maybe into this movie um, at one point if they would have had the tech, you know, to, to put it on there. Because mm-hmm. I know they, his idea was for it to be an all city planet. Um, uh, and I know it wasn't called it wasn't called Coruscant. Um, he looks so good here. God, Vader looks amazing. Um, it wasn't called Coruscant originally. It was called um, Had Abaddon or no Had Abaddon or something like that. Oh. Yeah, it was a different. It was a different name. Had Abaddon, you know. And like it was, it's supposed to be Coruscant, but they didn't call it that yet. Now, because I know in the books and legends, they they pronounced it Coruscant, and they, yeah. they yep. finally corrected it later. That's the thing. It wasn't introduced as Coruscant until uh, the Thrawn trilogy, I, I believe. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. And yeah. this is uh, Moff Jurdrod. You know, we get a, a steady stable of Imperial officers throughout the time of the Star Wars trilogy here, and this guy mm-hmm. is definitely a standout for for me as well as Piet. Yeah. Oh, for well, sure. Those are some of the best. And then also another thing to note, real quick, with their with their conversation between the two, just the cinematography of the conversation. You know, I love how it flipped back and forth there between the two, like. You know, showing basically who's because it's it's basically, um, you know, even a trick Christopher Nolan uses in his shooting. Like, you know, you shoot lower when you're when your character's like lesser power than higher when it's more power. And, you know, it was going back and forth, like lower power with the Imperial oh. officer, higher power with Vader. And that's that's where that type of back and forth like composition comes, because like like quick um, a quick summary of that like in the dark night when when Batman and the Joker are in the interrogation room, when the Joker has power over Batman, like. You know, he's not telling him the info. All the camera angles are making look. It makes it look like the Joker is higher up than Batman. But as Batman wins the interrogation, the Joker gets lower and lower throughout it. And that's basically it's kind of similar, you know, shooting style they did right there. Hmm. Now, there's certain things I'm noticing. I don't know if it's just the monitor that I have high frame rate monitor, yep. but I don't remember them zooming in on like the Jabba's door with the droids right there. I don't know if that was like they do. I think I think that was on purpose to show the scale. Yep, because uh, like there, there. I think this is a model of Jabba's palace, and they he shot it in a way of it make it look like it was huge, you know, mm. to to the audience. Um, because I mean the the way they the scale looks amazing compared to like what it really was. Yeah, when I was at Star oh. Wars Celebration, they did have like a maquette, like miniature version of the door. So mm-hmm. I wonder if they basically mimicked, and that was kind of how they shot Return of the Jedi. Yeah. No, it's That's it's cool. It's, yeah, I mean the the way that you know I believe it was it Richard Marquand directed this one, uh-huh. you know, with, with how he did this film, and obviously with George Lucas being there throughout the most of the shooting because he was very hands on for this particular film. Like it was, it's great how this movie this movie looks so good, mm. and just to see just the way filmmaking was done back in the eighties was 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 way before its time. Yep, so good old cameo by the Bomar Monk, which we also see in Book of Boba Fett. Uh, one of these mm-hmm. days we'll actually get a good backstory in one of these things. But uh, this is this is where I really start to love the movie because this is my my place here. I love Jabba's palace, just the dank darkness of it all, and you know, Bib Fortuna just slimy. Who the heck is this guy? Like, just creepy, but just so very Star Wars with all the aliens. There's like 
no humans basically in this place until Luke shows up. Or, right. Day one along. What does that mean, Day one along? I've always wanted to know what that meant. <laughs> when, he, when he says that, I, I don't know. I just always, I just always say it though. <laughs> yeah, Day one along. I'm like, what? I'm like, I'll catch myself saying that sometimes too. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy. But no, I, I like. I like this scene. I like this character. I mean, it's so funny that, you know, he he's such a sleazeball when it, when it comes to, like, loving Jabba. But there is one scene in here where he is repulsed by Jabba and what he does. Like, And I'll let you know when it pops up. Interesting. Yeah, now, 3PO, I, I love 3PO's character. However, he annoyed me early on in this film. Because he's such a scaredy cat, little biatch. I feel like C-3PO <laughs> definitely has his time to shine in this movie more than any other yes. Star Wars movie. Like, it, he's he's a central part of the plot in this movie, actually. Right, right. Oh, for sure. I mean, Luke Luke plays him the whole time. And, and that's what's nice about this film. And, you know, I know you've been getting into the audiobooks the last couple weeks. And we talk about the uh, the radio drama for this. And we'll get into some of that, you know, tidbit in a minute. But in the radio drama after the scene, you know, when when Jabba Palace, or or three PO's, he's pissed off at Luke and everyone. And they're like, "Why didn't you tell us about the plan?" And Luke, it was like, "If we would have told you, you would have blown it, pretty much. <laughs> like, like you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have like gone through it because like he would have just given it up by accident, you know, because it's three PO." Oh yeah. <laughs> Gosh, seeing Jabba right there. Holy smokes, guys! Ooh. I I don't know if you saw a, uh, I don't know if you saw the uh, the the tweet that went around. It went viral. Someone posted like an old concept art of Jabba that was originally um, like kind of thrown around for this movie, and like it was originally shown like he was he was potentially going to be like eating his um like the servants basically when they yeah. were done with them. Like I was like, what in the world? I've never known what? that before. Right? Yeah. I did. I did find out recently that that thing he's drinking out of is like spice. Like that's like interesting. All, like right. drugs and stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, he's that that's big. Funny. It probably doesn't affect him as easily because he's so damn big. <laughs> yeah. um, got Which got to drink more. <laughs> right. Right. Well, speaking of Jabba, I love how you know at this point he's so fat he can't move by himself, and like, but the puppet, the puppet you know, mastery that they did to make this character come alive is amazing. You know, I think it's better that he's not CGI here. I think that it's better that he's practical. He looks more this, real. This, you know, is, this Jabba is, I think, the first Star Wars anything I've ever seen. And right. he completely enamors me because of how lifelike he is. You can yes. see he's like slimy and the way his eyes are moving. Eyes. And it's just mm -hmm. like he's real. And it's like, holy crap. Like he's for me, he's one of those things where it's like I'm I'm terrified, but I'm also like super intrigued at the same time. And that's right. what really drew me. And I was like, this is such a cool character. Oh, for sure. I mean, and and that's what's amazing about this character because he like you know I've heard people say you know oh he looks fake or he's he's too whatever and it's like no like the way he looks they make him feel real he feels like he can be a real character in our world because of the the practical effects that they use for him you know to make yeah. him not want to move and just a big old slob that that's great character development you know now now I, what is this is this a torture rack or something yeah. or like like a yeah which is amazing. I cannot wait. 
Um, next year actually is going to be the 40th anniversary of this movie. And, and as we always get, we get those 40th anniversary um, from a certain point of view, like the New Hope, Empire mm-hmm. Strikes Back. I can't wait for all the Jabba Hutt's Job of the Hut stuff in this. I want to know about every one of the prisoners that they just passed the thing with the tentacle. Because you know, like, they all have, like, st- they're gonna all going to have stories, little chapters. Every one of these oh, droids here. Sure. Yeah, we're going to have a Gamorrean guard's backstory about how he ended up at Jabba's palace and, like, hey, what's the droids getting tortured? Like, what's his backstory? Like, I can't wait right. for that stuff. <laughs> no, no, that, that's amazing. Yeah, and like I said, this is a great scene, you know, and... and for again, for 1980, 81, 82, 83, when they were shooting this film, like to make it, it holds up till this day, you know, and it's great to see oh, yeah. like how Jabba tortures his droids to make sure that they don't get out of line, which is like awesome, by the way. <laughs> the reason why it holds up is because everything's practical, right? If this exactly. was a CG fest, then it looks aged pretty quickly. But and that's the timeless nature of Star Wars is that everything is decayed and, and dirty and dusty. Mm. So it's really timeless in a way, and you could just clean up the, um, the the photo. Oh, I love this guy. Okay, so this little reptilian guy, I wish I knew his name, but like this whole little segment here is sweet. Right, right. Well, fun fact, the dancer, I forget who's the dancer. Ula? Uh, her, her first, yeah, but the, the, character, the, the actress that plays her. That's the original actress that played her and that came back to shoot the uh, special edition version. Oh. So she like jumped back into the scene 20 years later, still looking fire. Okay, like See, that's, that's great. Amazing. Yeah. Now I I like this musical scene. You know, some people shit Horrible. on this. You know, <laughs> I, I like it. You know, because here's like I think because my love for Star Wars at this time in ninety seven, ninety eight, when this movies were re being re released, I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, again, I'm eleven years old when this comes out. I'm thinking, oh, this is dope. In, in yeah. the re release, um, I, yeah, I liked it because it was just like. Oh, there's a bunch of new aliens. Like, who's yeah. this guy with these tonsils swinging in? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I, I visually everything happening in the scene, I'm fine with. Just the music, like, like I said before, the only reason I don't like this music is just Battlefront because all the Tatooine levels are <laughs> I, the original yeah, one. Yeah, that's all the soundtrack is over and over and over. Right. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good on this. But the visuals really- and all the, all the aliens in the scene and stuff like are, are really good overall. It's I would just, say. And then it's yeah. Yeah, it's a great cool. establishing shot for like what basically happens in Jabba's palace. Like, what's what's the day to day like? Like, this would be like something that happens like on a daily basis. Like, yeah, they're just ha- having a party for Jabba. Somebody's not doing well. He's gonna just feed him to the Rancor. Uh, nothing different. This happens every day. Like, you know. All right. Yeah, and shows yeah, you no, an it's... interesting contrast to the Book of Boba. Now, you know. Like, oh, like yeah. the way the palace, way the palace was to to the way it is now with Boba, it's definitely not going to be that lively. I think with Boba moving forward. Yeah. See, I, I, I love this like. entrance. Yeah, I, I love this scene. You know, of of this particular character showing up, and obviously Chewie being captured. When I was a kid, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, how they captured Chewie? It's crazy. Yeah. Like, where's Luke? Well, well, Milton, I'm sure you remember they sold the figure packs like with like um, with uh, this bounty hunter and Chewie together. Right oh, yeah. Then, so I believe I have it. To. Yep. Yep. I have her Balsh uh, outfit. So mm-hmm. yep. cool. I love the way the, the way this bounty hunter speaks. Like, I like this language. Mm-hmm. Ubies. Yeah. Yato. Yato. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. 
They're they're doing a great job with Balsh uh, in the comics right now. They're fleshing out that character. He's got like a whole camaraderie with these other aliens that look like him, and they're exiled from their planet. And uh, he's he's working he's working um, for Domina Tag, who is another corporation out there with a lot of money. It's Empire's hiring, but anyway, yeah, I, I love the attitude that they give Boba Fett in these scenes. Like he's he's like a ladies' man, and he's just walking around, <laughs> just hanging out. Makes yeah, sense that's, to me. That's some of the best. Like it adds a little bit of personality. Like he doesn't even have any lines. It just shows you like the reputation. Like they know he's cool, and he can just yeah. do what he wants. Yeah. yeah, gosh, that's just I don't know. Like that. That's. See when people ask like that, what you know, why why were people critical of Boba, the Boba show and how Boba was portrayed? This is why right here. Yeah, because you know you see his personality without him speaking at all, and you're like, man, that's that's the guy right there. Dude, Java looks so gross. Oh, that reminds me. So when we were watching New Hope, and <clears throat> when my friend finally saw Java the Hut, she's like Milton. She's like, I now understand why you call people Java the Huts that are like big and gross looking. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, exactly. And she's like, she's like, that's so funny. I'm like, yeah, if you like a job of the hut, that's what I think of. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's yeah. I know that's probably terrible to say in real life, but it's true. Just saying. Hey. I mean, we've all anybody we've all that's seen it. Star Wars. <laughs> anybody that's seen Star Wars, if 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 you say you've never done that before, you're lying. Fact. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, like, it's the truth. <laughs> But oh yeah, this is a, this scene right here. I love how it sets up how dire the 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 characters that we love thus far. Because again, we didn't know that was Leia, and obviously seeing that this is Lando was kind of dope. So I'm thinking, wait, what is actually going on here? So you clearly see that something's about to pop off. Oh yeah, I bet that's going to be a story, Chris, in the certain point of view book. Is there's like the Lando stuff? Mm. Oh yeah, All I right. would guess. I like these little establishing shots of the frog dog just scooping up the thing. Now, <laughs> while we're outside right here, what are your guys' thoughts? Should have the Luke scene been cut or kept? Oh, with the lightsaber? Uh, <sighs> I, part of me feels yeah. Part of me feels like I I wanted. I mean, I like the scene. I, I'm look. If you put it in there right now, I wouldn't even care. I'd be fine with it. But then part of it is like, does it ruin? The, the lightsaber surprise, surprise yeah. with R2, you know, because then do, we don't know Luke. We didn't even know Luke was even coming at this point, mm-hmm. you know. So that kind of you have to kind of rework the film to kind of mask why that was even put in it. it but I mean, yeah, but what but it does establish does it a connection between Vader and Luke, though, because that because that scene between Vader oh. and the, and the uh, uh, general guy that transitions to where Vader is in the elevator commuting to Luke. So yeah, it's a it, tough one. It's a tough one because I love the scene. It's a great scene. I wouldn't be against them putting it in, but I'm fine with what they got here too. Oh, so, same for sure. Also, like I think I think the biggest um, pro of it being out is you know Luke basically went in here unarmed because you know yes. um, or because R two has his lightsaber. Like so, yeah. you know right, that's right. I feel like that's the biggest now. Pro. Now in the radio drama, they do have a scene where Luke builds his saber like at obi-wan's i love uh, that house and, and so they I could do that they... yeah they could do that in the audio drama because at that point everybody yes. had seen the movie it's not like they're yep, spoiling yep, yep. anything exactly so yep. they could add that extra stuff which is great 
But yeah, the movie, no, I think it's fine being left out. You right. know, it just would have taken too yep. much out. This is great CGI for 1983. Yeah. Holds I, I want to see how they do that action, that scene right there. I want to see how they yeah. make that magic. Right. Um. No, Han Solo. Now, fun fact. Han, we didn't, weren't sure if Han Solo was coming back. The producers weren't sure if he was coming back for this movie. Well, I wouldn't say Han Solo. Um, Harrison Ford. Harrison. And Howard Kazanjian, who's a producer of this one called Harrison wouldn't know if he was going to do it. He's like, sure, I'll do it. And they had to rewrite him in. Like, because like, they weren't sure if he was going to come back. Yeah, because he was only contracted to do two movies. And then, at this point, Harrison Ford was blown up as, you know, that Hollywood Indiana megastar. Yeah. Indiana Jones, all his other stuff. And then finally, Howard Kazanjian is like, hey, let's try to see if Harrison will come back to complete the trilogy. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And they had to, like, rework him in it. So... Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Love this. So, so Jabba knew the whole time that she was playing him, pretty much, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, dude, Jabba. There's no way I'm gonna stand next to Jabba. He got. He must smell so bad. Oh my gosh! Look at that stuff coming out of his Look mouth. Is what I'm saying? Like, oh. bro. He just like, doesn't even care. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> all right, this justifies why if I call a nasty person that looks like that, job of the hut, job of the hut, it justifies it. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not apologizing anymore. Gosh, I feel like I feel like Jabba when I'm eating too much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, facts. Listen, because I'm like that too. Because sometimes when the food's that good, look. I'm like, whoa, hold on here, Ben. I'm I'm yeah. becoming Jabba. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, so so this might be the scene. What's what's Jabba's guy again? Who's behind him? What's his name again? Um, Bib, Bib Fortuna. Bib Bib. They right here. Now watch Bib. He's like. He's like, oh, oh yeah. my god! He's oh like, yeah! <laughs> I never noticed that before. Yeah, he's like, he's like, oh my god! He's like, why would he even do that? Oh, Bib's like, man. Bib's repulsed by that. He's like, okay, Jabba, yeah. that's too far, bro. Like, I love, uh, I love Salacious Crumb just laughing away. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Now another fun fact: I'm just dropping some bombs on you guys in the radio drama. There's hints. Well, there's. His inclination that Mayor Jade Skywalker might have been here in the palace, like what? you know, yeah. Do you remember this? Oh, ben? Yeah. she was, she was, she's one, she's. I mean, there was a hint. She's definitely in here. Like, no, that's like her. Like, that, that's her. Yeah. Like that's her character yeah. in, in there. Yep, that because was, like she was like yep. asking about Luke Skywalker or three PO and that type yep. of thing, and and all that type of stuff. And all of a sudden, she wants to like disappearing because she like wants to leave in the palace. But yep. like, I guess at this point, the Emperor was putting Jade on to get Luke. So, yeah, that's in the radio drama. So go back and check that out, Chris. It's on YouTube, so you can listen to it on there. So uh, good. Why can't they just put her in canon already? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. No, yeah, they, they, yeah, no, this is a great intro. Dude, this is Luke's best intro, without question. Oh, for sure. Just Without question. It's awesome, because he's flirting yeah. with the dark side here. It's yep, like, holy yep. crap. Yeah. Force I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I used to go around just doing that to people, just fake I'm torch choking you out. And being, I mean, all black, mm. just walking in doing that, and right. you know, oh, it's, it's just, a dog. It's just, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. It's such Whoa. a, it's a, just such a great entrance. Like it's like you said, it's definitely his best entrance of um every movie. Right, right. Well, I mean, look at him. he's wearing the same clothes as his dad, all black. 
you know, except we don't have the glove on right now. But he's using the Force, you know, in a way that Jedi don't normally use it, except for Anakin. Um, he's very confident at this point. Because I think this film, so in the timeline, Jedi takes place a year after Empire. Yep. So, yep. like, he's had a year to train, get attuned with the Force, build a saber, you know, really hone his craft as a Jedi. Cause he's had four years of training thus far mm -hmm. about this whole trilogy, which mm -hmm. goes back to my original point. There's no way Ray should be wrecking people with only maybe a year of training total in that whole trilogy. That's just me, though. Whatever. Um, but, yeah, Luke, badass. Preaching, Milton. Um, yeah, no, Luke's, Luke's incredible in this entire sequence because, you know, it just shows his supreme confidence. He's... You know, he's basically he's he's as close as you can get he's, to being like a master. Like he's there, yeah, basically. He's, like, he's right. changed. You look at a new hope, you look at Empire, he's like the farm boy. He's just like happy to go me, lucky. I would, I would say he's Qui-Gon in this movie, basically. Like he's at that level, like right before being yeah. a master, but not there yet. Like he's right there. He's got that Qui-Gon confidence. Oh yeah. Because I can see Qui-Gon doing this. Right, right. The difference is Qui-Gon isn't threatening to destroy people. Like, Luke says, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to destroy you. Which, again, yep. I think Luke still is learning the ways of a Jedi in the sense of how he conducts himself. But at the same time, though, Luke, ha he he's more realistic about it. You know, so he knows if I can't convince this guy, I might have to kill him. Well, and I got, yeah. look at his training, right? He's being taught by books. He got mm -hmm. taught by Yoda a little bit and Ben, but right, most right. of that learning is basically on his this own. Is dope. So facts. There goes oh, Dengar. Sure. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Like the the way the Jedi, you know, and this is something I was listening to again on the uh, Revenge of the Sith audiobook. How when Luke, or excuse me, when uh, Yoda fights Palpatine, like he's having an internal dialogue with himself, saying like, "Oh, I already lost this battle." You know, the Jedi trained for the old ways of the Sith, but the Sith has have evolved. Luke, in this case, he was like, yeah, I'm learning the old ways of the Jedi, but we have to evolve. Like, you guys were lost yep. for this reason. You guys are so dogmatic and didn't change. You know, it's okay to feel. It's okay to have connections. That makes us what we are. You oh, know? for sure. Well, 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 that and, you know, bringing up like his like Jedi training and, you know, his like philosophies and stuff. Another thing to keep in mind. You know, as we're watching, just, you know, even for our listeners and us viewing it, too, keep in mind how accurate um, the CGI for Book of Boba was with Luke compared to this version of Luke. It looks so similar. Like, mm -hmm. oh, facts. Just crazy. Well, even even this scene with the Rancor, like, oh and this God. is a puppet, dude. This is a puppet. This is all Phil you know, Tippett. Yeah. And I watched also, that episode three of Letting Magic this yes. weekend. It might have been called the Phil Tippett episode because, yeah, man, fire. oh, man, that guy created magic with the AT-ATs. And, you know, you see that picture all online where it's like him and the model of the, of the Rancor. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this guy, absolutely right. stunning work. So I was saying, speaking of that, speaking of that episode, what'd you think? I told y'all. Oh yeah, I, love I need it. to watch it still. The Phil, the Phil Tippett it. stuff's off the chain. Yeah, this this still holds up. I mean, this this stop animation still holds up till this day. This is that classic you know? scene, like that's been done a hundred times before this in like those Roman movies and stuff with the Cyclops and Godzilla right. and all that. But I mean, I would say this is probably the best thing at the time for that sort of right. thing. Most iconic, Easily. yeah. Well, and it was nice about the stop you know, motion to animation is that if this was CGI, he'd be moving way too fast. 
you know, and for the scale of it, we need him to look slower because he's bigger. You know, we have to like slow it down, which I love how the stop animation kind of forces them to say, hey, his speed has to be adjusted the way he's got to be slower. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, yeah. If it was CGI, I mean, this would just be all over the place. Like, I, I don't even know how they would shoot it, but it would be all over the place. Yeah. And God, Princess Leia is so hot in that bikini. You got to think about the poor Rancor. It's like that Rancor has no room to move, man. I feel bad right. for it. It stays there all the time. Does Jabba I mean, take it out for walks? Like, what's going on here? I mean, I hear what you're saying, but if I'm Luke, I ain't feeling bad. I ain't trying to die. <laughs> yeah, no. Right. Sense now, was, I always laughed at this part when I was younger because I'm like, why is this big old white dude crying over a Rancor? Yeah. Um, oh, I know. I I always thought it was funny, too, because it's I'm just like, so goofy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's I'm like, like, I'm like everybody... Put a shirt on, bro. Everybody has like their dog, no matter how hideous it is, and that's that's his special pet. Yeah, know? that's 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 the dog that's gotten ran over five times and fallen off something, and yep, that's our family dog. We still love it. Right. <laughs> Again, that's that like Star Wars weirdness, right? Like only Star Wars yep. can pull stuff like that off, where it's so bizarre, but it just works, and it's. Right, right, crazy right. like you have a giant elephant man in the background like what the heck is his deal like you know <laughs> this is star wars man oh it's so great dude i tell you what man that i've always i think chris you have the luke skywalker black uniform right like you wear mm -hmm. that for cosplay oh yeah do you have the actual like vest like he's wearing now because i know no, you have the, like, i want to get that though the tunic, the tunic yeah yeah I like the it's, design. Yeah, I got. I, I love. That. I love this outfit with Luke. I mean, and now I definitely like it when he doesn't have the tunic on. Like that's a great look too. But like, man, like he looks so good. Like as a Jedi wearing all black. Mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah. To me, when I think of Luke, I think of his um, all black outfit. Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't I really I don't think about like the other versions, whether it be from the sequels or even um, Episode Four or Five. Like I feel like Return of the Jedi is is the the version of Luke I mean I mean that's why they I would arguably say used it that version in Mando and Boba because like that's the people that's the version people like mm -hmm. really I feel like connect with right I'll tell no, you what is, I, this is a great shot go ahead go ahead Ben or excuse I, me Chris I really like the idea of of the 4k imaging of, of having this uh to watch because a lot of the times on VCR or DVD, you couldn't even make out some of these background characters. But now everything's so crisp. I'm like, I'm like looking forward to my seat. I'm like, I see a tentacle thing hanging from the seat. What the heck is that? I've never seen that before, right? So it's like these crowded scenes with all these aliens, which is why I, why I love this so much. Like it's, yeah. it's nice getting all the detail now. Well, just think with um with this whole sequence coming up out here, like this is where you know you know Milton um. From some of the old uh, the old legend stuff, this is where Mara Jade was was at basically, where Luke wow. had that vision of her, of her, you know. So basically, he goes through this whole plan in his head, and when he's out on the um, the diving board, basically, he he had he had this whole plan play out through his whole head before, you know, like in a in a force vision, and then basically he has it it fails in his force vision because when he goes to do his whole flip and all that stuff and comes back to grab his lightsaber, spoiler, um, he, 
you know, the lightsaber goes flying over and Mara Jade's like at the end of the sail barge and grabs it. Like, you know, so like that's kind of what was in the old legend stuff. Like Mara Jade, you know, he was having visions of her back then and like that's how it was connected. And then, of course, you right. know, since that was a vision, she was gone. Like Milton said, she left earlier. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Now, yep. are you guys a fan of the uh, special edition redesign of the Sarlacc pit? Oh, yeah. I love it. I love the mm -hmm. beak. It's just an added layer of, ter you know, terrifying nature of this thing that's going to swallow well, I, you whole. I think, I think it puts more stakes in this scene. Now, the CGI, I think this is, the CGI is kind of questionable. You know, yep. but it's, I mean, it's not trash, but, like, it's questionable. Now, they, they obviously enhanced it in Boba Fett, um, for sure. But I, I like that they made this a more, they made it more of a character. Oh, for sure. Just just instead of being like a hole in the ground, basically. Right, 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 right. I, I really like the slight appearance change in Chewbacca's fur and how his, he's got like the, the bangs going on in this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like the detail of Jabba just speaking until his, you know, old ass looking megaphone thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so great this is this is my one of my favorite moments in all of star wars coming up in a few seconds here. Right. well let's be real i'm gonna ask this question you know we did you all do this on a diving board you had to oh yeah facts we've all oh, tried it for for sure i mean i mean when we were down in west virginia a month ago like i i i attempted it on an, on the diving board and and about flopped <laughs> right fire yeah ignite the green now what was your reaction <laughs> when you first saw a green saber <laughs> I was like, that's my new favorite color. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The reason why I like green is because of Luke's lightsaber. I'm not even kidding. Like, that's it. <laughs> Dude, when we that's clearly great. see Luke has improved as a duelist, or I'll take that back, as a saber user. However, I mean, let's be real. Luke has never been the greatest duelist when it comes yeah, to a saber, yeah. but he wouldn't, he wouldn't have the opportunity to really, like, practice, if that makes sense. Well, I like, oh. I mean, his dueling style in this whole sequence is ah. I'm just going to hack everybody up. Yeah. I just noticed something um, in, in this movie. So in the background, there's Gamorreans that are like, they're they're like frantically like taking a, 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 a tan tarp off of the big cannon on the skin. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, That's oh funny. crap, we gotta get this right. gun ready to go. <laughs> oh gosh. But I think the reason why they actually did the lightsaber green because they couldn't have a blue lightsaber with all the blue yep. sky. Isn't that like the yeah. practical reason? Yeah, it was something like that. I think they, it just showed up green or something was going on. They just figured, let's just change the color, too. <laughs> so it works. I mean, it, look, happy accident. It works. Oh, yeah. There and goes Yak shows, Face. Like his progression. Yep. Yeah. Good old Yak Face. Now, we got, yeah. This scene is very brutal for, you know, a PG movie. Yeah. Love it. love it. Oh, yeah. You got that right. Leia yeah. Hut Slayer. Is uh, right. mentioned in Star Wars Bloodline. Yep. Yeah. She's like nobody messes with her because that 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 story has gotten out that she's the killer of of Chava. Well, she's got this reputation well, I remember, built up. Oh yeah, I remember as a kid, like when I watched that scene, like when Jabba's like, oh, like that always grossed me out. You know, <laughs> there's that noise. I was always like, oh, like just so gross sounding. <laughs> All right. Just a little higher. Just a little higher. I love when he just starts screaming. Yeah. Oh, Billy D's great in this. Yeah. 
Now, yeah, this scene definitely makes Luke like a badass. You can definitely tell Luke was training over the year, and he's gotten better. Like <clears throat> when it comes to his power and how to just be more confident. Dang, yeah, I mean, like, just, I, I, I love mean, if you guys think that. about it. Oh yeah, it's 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 great. Like his, you know, this just establishes like why people love Luke so much. Like he's taking on all of these people just just basically single handedly. Like, oh yeah. Even, so say if you didn't even have like the Chewie and Han and Lando help, like Luke still would have been wrecking shop just like this, basically. Right, right. I love the but Star Wars like version of basically a Pirates of the Caribbean right now. Mm-hmm. And think about yep. it, it's like they're on an ocean of sand. They have the small boats. They have the big pirate ship, and and it's a swashbuckler right now. They like George Lucas literally made a swashbuckler in the galaxy far, far away. Which is what yep. he did with a lot of his scenes, just like taking something and just like uh, modernizing it in like science fiction, science fantasy, mm. and it it works so well. Right. No, it's amazing, and and it's, I just love how Luke, yeah, the way he's being a defensive fighter, but also too like he's aggressive when he needs to be. Um, I again, he don't have to be the best with a saber, but he's good with it. You can tell like he's gotten better. Oh yeah. I like Leia the acknowledgement of of Luke. Like he's he's still learning. He he ended up getting shot, and it also shows that like, hey, he's got that robotic cybernetic arm. Like, yep. oh, in case you forgot, yep. he's got a hand that's mechanical. <laughs> and just the explosion, it looks so good. Mm. Blowing that thing up now. Now we have to look very closely, guys, because do we see um, a Bib Fortuna anywhere in the background there? Because <laughs> escaping somehow yeah <laughs> right <laughs> he was definitely on there right did we see him i, I meant to... he was on there he was he was on there he was like behind jabba in those scenes i okay. believe but it, it, it makes sense if he would have escaped because he's kind of a sleazeball he probably i guarantee you as soon as soon as luke did his whole jump around thing he's probably thought okay time to get out of here and left. Uh, right. we'll, we'll get that story from a certain point of view guarantee it oh, i can't him guarantee and, um, it but that would name, be good little idea. Oh yeah, him. Oh yeah, that all the people that escaped—they probably all hopped on an extra little sail barge and just went out the back of the scene the other way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, Luke needs was... a new helmet. That thing is scratched up to all hell. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like his battles in Rogue Squadron and all. There we go. A first look at the TIE Interceptors. And just the massive scale. Look at the scale. Look at all those fighters. That's insane. Dude's the Empire. They're just cranking them out like a factory. Jeez. I'm pretty sure they said so this great. is a matte painting. Like, this whole thing right here is a matte painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, a couple things moving. Yeah, but it's still, I mean, it, it holds up. Like you, you wouldn't even, you couldn't even tell unless you, like, knew that. Yeah, just think, guys. We're, like, 36, 37 minutes into this, and we just now got off Tatooine. But that's how good, like, the, the movie's been. Oh, this mm-hmm. movie's amazing. It's amazing. Now we finally get to see this guy, you know, like, compared to what, I mean, we've seen Palpatine in the special re-releases back in 97, 98. But at the time... This is the first time we got it's to like, see him in live per you know, like how dope is that? And it's like, all right, who the hell is this guy? Well just Invader, think he looked different. Right. Invader's bowing to him. You know? What well, here's the thing though. 
this would not be allowed to happen in today's film. And what I mean is we have Darth Vader established in the first two films as the most badass character, you know, when it comes to evil. Then all of a sudden you see him see this old guy in the second movie thinking like, oh, this is his master. Okay. But then in this second, no, excuse me, in this third movie, we're going to say, let's make someone even more badass show up and make Vader a sympathetic character. Like today's, we would not get that today because movie execs will say, nope. Vader needs to be the guy. I don't want an old guy to be leading the charge. That's that's goofy. That's weird. No, George Lucas told this story the right way. Because oh, yeah. Vader yeah. is bound to this old man and submissive to him. It's not about your physical physicality. It's about your mind. And exactly. Your force of will. Yeah. He's he he's the anti Yoda, you know, yep. when, when mm-hmm. it comes to the, these movies. Well, just think, guys, with um with the Emperor. I'm pretty sure I added it up before. Like in canon, I think he's. I mean, I'm not sure in like current canon, but I mean, before like in Legends, he was like in his 90s in this movie or something. I like, don't know. They haven't given us a, an actual age in the they, canon. They didn't really yeah. give us a date, but I think you're right. I think he might be right. Like, because I mean, I'm he sure was, like, the force, 90s. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure the force, you know, helped him. I mean, look at Yoda. He's 800 years old. Like, I know his speech, you <laughs> don't know what it is, but like the force probably helped him prolong his life. Um, and, the, and the Emperor, you know, he's. Dark, he is the Sith, so I am yeah. all of the Sith. You're right. Right. He can keep himself <laughs> going with Sith, Sith alchemy yeah. and all the other crap. Now, do you guys know what this movie was supposed to be titled before it was Return of the Jedi? Yep. Do you Ben? Was it? It was um something Sith, right? It was it Revenge of the Sith? No, Return no, of the Sith. It was Revenge of the Jedi. Oh, Revenge of the Jedi. Okay, that's yeah. what it was. Okay, yeah, now, I knew it was I have something that poster. Like I have that poster here in my house. I've seen the poster. Yeah, it's framed here in my house, Revenge of the Jedi, and it's like lightsaber colors are it's pretty much the Empire strikes back like pose between Luke and Vader, but the lightsaber colors are switched. So Vader has the blue, Luke has the red. I believe Drew Struzan painted that picture. Um yeah, supposed to be Revenge of the Jedi, but Lucas decided to go Return of the Jedi, which is better for this particular film. Well, for the, the whole saga in general, because Absolutely. Jedi don't revenge signifies, uh, right. you know, attacking and uh, assaulting and all that kind of bad stuff. Like, like you don't want to oh, have yeah. a Jedi. Jedi is supposed to be defense, not instigating things. Oh, oh, I feel like with that, if hypothetically say if they would have kept that i feel like george probably would have reworked the entire prequels like you know he would have had to you would have had to change the whole philosophy of the jedi then basically right right now i've always liked this scene between luke and yoda um now i know as a kid i didn't quite understand what was me, going on because I, I, I was like another and I, and I couldn't remember that from empire until i went back and watched it as i got older but you know the whole vader thing that made sense to me but then the whole like sister thing i was like what is this was weird but you learn to appreciate it i think as you've gotten older gotten older for sure yeah it's just uh it's one of those scenes you know as a kid i was like all right i just need to fast forward through this you know i want to see the ewoks you know i want to get there and it's like (laughs) but now this is one of the scenes that as an adult you're just like okay these are the last moments of a jedi master i lived through so much yeah, and he he's holding on to the last moment of his life before he actually tells the heartbreaking truth he's been trying to just not talk about, you know? Right. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, just think Yoda's been hanging out. I mean, Yoda's, gosh, his, his health crashed in just the year. Because if it's only been, you know, say a year between ne- Empire and Jedi, like, think he was so, like, energetic and everything in Empire. And then it's like, well, I hit that wall. It's time to time mm-hmm. to move on to the Force world. Right. Yeah. I mean, and look, I, I know Yoda's chastising Luke for going early and all that stuff, but he had to. I mean, it just wouldn't make sense if he didn't go. Oh, if he didn't go, I mean, we would have an entirely different story for this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, what's, hey, what's nice about there's, this? There's, there's your what if, what if story for a what if series for Star Wars. Facts. What if right, Luke right. didn't go? <laughs> what was nice about this movie that I've, I appreciate and I picked up on, there's two things in this particular sequence. One, and I'll get to the second one later, but one is that Obi-Wan and uh, Yoda continue to tell Luke, you got to go face the Emperor. You got to kill your dad, pretty much. And Luke's like, no, there's a better way. I, I can step to him and I can save him. You know, I, I can bring him back. They're so good in him. But you have these two old heads who are like, nah, we tried that. He's got to go. You know, and Luke's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to I'm not going to do what the old Jedi were going to do, you know, pretty much. Yeah, um, which yeah. I I, I kind of love that well, because he's like he's like I'm not going to respect my elders on this. I'm going to challenge you guys. There's a better way to defeat this evil. Well, well, think about it that way. Like, I mean, in Revenge of the Sith, Obi Wan and Yoda flat out said, "We're just going to go kill Anakin and the Emperor. Let's go." Exactly. Like, you know, that's all they said. They they weren't going to negotiate. Like, Obi Wan went there with the full intent to kill Anakin. Like, mm-hmm. I mean. I mean, you know, you know, as soon as that whole fight started, he was in the zone, like ready to take him out. I mean, and then with Yoda, Yoda was even more. Yoda walked in with the full intent to not <laughs> even try. Like, yeah. it's gonna dude, be Luke. Luke sells yeah. this scene so well. Oh my god, dude! He sells this. Like, so Mark well. Ham- Mark Hamill's acting is on point. Yeah, dude, Mark. I, how do you work with a puppet and make it like you make that puppet? It, he makes it real. You know, mm-hmm. even how how Yoda dies and like he loses his last breath and the old disappearing, you know. Now, now getting was... into the scene yeah, with having watched with having watched Obi Wan the miniseries, we have new context going into like why Obi Wan would just say kill him. He's yep. not, you know. I tried. Yeah, he's yep. he's gone. I tried. Believe me, if I can't get right. him, then you're not going to get him to turn. Exactly. You know, but but what's What's crazy about this scene, this is my second point, is that in each film, Luke, you can definitely tell Luke is becoming more attuned with the Force but with Obi-Wan's appearance. So in the first movie, he just hears his voice. Mm-hmm. In the second one, you barely hear, see him in like, I mean, on Hoth, but he sees kind of him misty a little. Or something. Yeah, he sees him more clearly at the end of Empire. And now that he's fully becoming a Jedi, he sees him clearly. Obi-Wan can interact with like his natural like habitat around him. Like, that just shows how Luke's power, in my opinion, has elevated. You know, which I think his connection with Obi-Wan has elevated because of that. Yeah, and then we oh. see in, in your favorite movie, The Last Jedi, how Yoda's walking and, and, and interacting with stuff in reality. So you got that, too? Uh, yeah. yeah, except for it's my not my favorite movie, but that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, even, even, at, even in Rise, though, I mean, Luke catches the lightsaber. Yeah, true. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean at that point, like... They're showing even even from saving this movie specifically, like Force Ghost. I mean, Obi Wan says, you know, if you strike me down, I'll become more powerful. Blah 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 blah. Like that whole thing. It's because now they're 
literally the force ghosts are literally interacting with the environment um of course like star wars may not ever go down that route because if you start having force ghosts fighting and getting involved like then you could then you could mess with stuff but but i think i, mean, I think, at one, point, I think at one point that was going to happen with this original script i believe i'm pretty sure i read this somewhere that luke yeah or excuse me ben I, or maybe yoda was going to come I'll, back from like the netherworld. Oh yeah, I can, I, I'll break that hole down at, at the end. I know the whole yeah. story for that one. I'm pretty yep. sure that was like the plan, but that yep. he scrapped it. Which again, that's better for the film. Because um, yep. again, I'm thinking, wait a minute, why would they bring him out of the netherworld if they trained to go there? You know, post death. Yep. So. Yep. Oh yeah, I'll break that down when we get to the ghost right, at the right, end. Right. Um. But, also, I was going to mention too, guys. Um. So so far, like the Tatooine stuff. Inside, inside of Jabba's palace, outside, um, and now these scenes, the lighting on all these scenes are like on point because there's a lot of movies, even nowadays with all the graphics and everything, the lighting is either too dark or too bright or weird, mm. and like they are nailing the lighting on all of this in cinematography. And oh, by for, the way, yeah, no just doubt. the just the environments, the variety where it keeps you engaged, going from a desert world to dungeons on the inside to a state-of-the-art space station, to a boggy place in the middle of nowhere. Inside you know? a hut. Yeah. yeah. All right, all right. Great job for appealing to the eye. Now we have the Rebel Fleet has been brought back to one thing. So in the current Star Wars comics, it's pretty neat. They have the, the main Star Wars comics are telling how after the Battle of Hoth, the Imperials scattered the Rebel Fleets all over. There was hunter-killer fleets uh, led by Commander Zara, who has been targeting these fleets and, and using their communications to uh, track them and destroy them. So um, we had just finished issue number 24 where like all the rebel like scattered fleets have gotten together um, finally after defeating Zara. So it's, it's now watching this. I'm like, yeah, the fleet's back together. Oh yeah. I, I love it. Like seeing um, Billy D or I guess Lando um, Lando here, all the, the whole gang, you know, it just, it really, sets the tone of like why why people loved you know the big three and like big four now with lando like all these people back together again mm. you know of course we're getting mon mothma now and yeah you know we're gonna be seeing here here seeing her here in a few weeks and man if not like i swear like genevieve o'reilly literally looks just like this lady yeah dude it's perfect like, casting like it's without question. <laughs> can't get over it. it. It's it's crazy, and because like I mean, because honestly, God, like you can clearly see there's a difference at times. But then I'm thinking yeah. there's really not a difference. She she just her character just looks a bit older, which is fine. That makes sense because her well, character she would be she would be older. And I'm thinking, oh, that's perfect. It's just like Obi Wan. Yes, I know Alec Guinness was the guy, but yeah, you McGregor's Obi Wan Kenobi. Like most and kids you can would see where see, it like, goes to. Exactly, most kids could probably look back and say, yeah, that's both Obi Wan. We know. Like, obviously, our boy or Akbar, you know, yeah. first time we got to see him in these movies. Gotta love him, dude. The CGI for this is is fire. You know, like this is dope. Like this, this is one of their first time using like enhanced computer graphics oh, to tell yeah. a story. You know, again, people forget like this was 1983. <laughs> like, and this looks like this could have been done, you know, in 2015. You know, whatever. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Well, think. Well, think even. Um, even before that, might have been eighty-one, eighty-two when they were developing the CGI. Even right. before. Yeah. General Nadine, I want to get this guy's backstory. Yeah, I used to have his figure actually. 
There's like a whole thing around him. Like apparently, like they gave him a fake beard, or something. Oh yeah, it's a yeah, it's a, yeah it looks fake. It's a fake beard. I think there's something with his hair too, um, as well. I'm pretty sure. Oh man. Gosh, Star Wars and their fake beards. I mean, I mean, Obi Wan had his CGI beard or whatever in Attack of the Clones and some of those scenes. Wait, what? So, oh yeah. Oh yeah, just later on, Chris. Uh, after this, <laughs> you'll have to look it up. Okay, so so when Obi Wan's saying this weapon is your life to Anakin under uh yeah out, you know outside the bar, that his beard and that whole thing, like his whole the bottom part of his beard and stuff is that's CG. And why? He, that's why people that's why people crack jokes about it because I guess Ewan had his his beard was shaved or something during that shooting process, and they that was a CG beard for that uh that sequence. Can that's we get amazing. some love for? The nice hangar shots in Star Wars. I mean, Dude, you that, see it all that, the that's a map there. painting, right? But here's yeah, that's the thing: a map painting. you wouldn't what? even know. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's yep. Chris. It got you because that's a map painting right there. That that yep. whole shot when it first opened up. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's yeah. how. Now this is. Yeah, map you've seen the behind too. the scenes for that too, Milton. Yeah, it's that. so good. Like I'm thinking, like how? I'm like that looked real to me. Now that's... clearly, we see the difference here. When we, when he walks towards the the Falcon, yep. Well, you that's know, but the original volume. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely like you know use that, and you can clearly see like okay, that didn't age well, but I don't care. I still love the shot. But when it first opens up, yeah, that's all a matte painting. So like it's Dang. dude, it it got you, Chris. Like because you thought that was legit, didn't you? <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's oh, a man. I love it. Like, I mean, because they, they, it's yeah, it's such a great scene. But it adds so much depth, and this is why I love Star Wars because you believe it. You get sold into it. Where you're like, this is a massive hangar bay. It has all these ships. Mm-hmm. It feels lived in. It feels used. It feels like these guys are rebels, and that's what we're here to, to believe. Right. This is, I mean, th- this scene is cool. I'm glad that we got the 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 three back together yep. finally. Yeah, um, exactly. I, this movie needed, and I think that's one of my things about. And I know I don't want to me be that person today, but I think that's one of my critiques about the sequel trilogy is that we didn't at least get a scene with the three of them together. At least don't like worry. a couple scenes. We'll, we're, you know? we're we're getting it. We're getting it in Mandalorian somehow, some shape or form. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, it's great. not going to be the same. Yeah. Not everybody's around, I got you, I got you. but um, so, we'll get something like that. <laughs> right. Oh, so yeah. now we have the well, reverse Jedi Temple here with the Empire. I, I oh, love it. yeah, with the tower. Yes. I so made a great. joke a couple weeks ago where it was like, hey, why can't you see the tower on the Death Star from a distance? Because that thing looks like it's a thousand feet jutting out of the surface of the Death Star, but... It's just like, all right, the thing is so massive, it doesn't matter. It's, it, you can't see it from a distance. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Vader is so shiny in, in Return of the Jedi. It's the one thing I noticed about his character. Mm. Well, he well, doesn't so go many anywhere. bright lights. Yeah, but he doesn't go anywhere in this movie. He's, he doesn't do anything. I mean, not saying he doesn't do anything, but, like, he doesn't have to encounter anyone in this film. Does he that make sense? He goes to Endor at nighttime. Yeah, like I mean, cause think about it. New Hope, well, and Rogue One, he's wrecking the rebels, which goes right into New Hope, where he's getting on the uh, the ship, uh, and he's chasing for the plans. 
an empire. He's on Hoth trying to wreck people. He's looking for Luke the whole time. So he's he's getting scuffed. But this one, he's just chilling. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Admiral Piet, I, I think people don't realize him being alive in his movie is a big deal. Because think about Vader was just killing everyone in the second movie. Yeah. You know, and to bring him back, something maybe might have changed in Vader. We don't know. Yeah. Guy love Han Solo in his film. He's just he's just a dick. He's like fly casual. He's like, come on, dude. Shuttle tied there. Do, I mean, do you think do you think Vader knew Luke was on that ship? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. I think so. I I think I, I think I think without a doubt, just because of um, what do you call it? Um, I mean, the Emperor basically says it. He let it. He let all this happen. Right. Like he had, you know, he had a he had a feeling it was going to happen. And even without that, I feel like even though Luke is, you know, as we said, extremely powerful, I still feel like he's not strong enough to like say hide himself in the Force for Vader, basically, yeah. potentially. See, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He he knows. I mean, and I think, and honestly, I think Luke or I think Vader's thinking, well, I can get to Luke first before you know the Emperor does. Yeah. Well, well, that, and you got to think about it this way too. Say, Vader is having those like creeping thoughts about maybe overthrowing the Emperor. Why not just let the rebels down to Endor? You know. Yeah. I mean, calls more chaos. We haven't mentioned how great the music um, is, and is, of course, John Williams. Great John Williams. Mm-hmm. Iconic yeah. oh, shot. God. Oh, yeah. So great, yeah. Just the Death Star with Vader unlocking its construction. Now, <clears throat> the, the the red, was it the uh, Redwoods in yep. California was where they shot most yep. of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Yep, Northern California. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, I think. It's either a national park or just a major, just a major park in general. But it's yeah, the uh, the redwood, the redwood park there. The rebel commandos sneaking behind enemy lines. My, my cousin actually went to that park, by the way. Oh. Um, and he's and he said it was crazy because you know it was literally like stepping onto Endor because he said it's like yeah. exactly what you'd imagine. Like you know, it's just Star Wars basically. Right. Wow. Arrogant Han Solo. It's me. All right, Han Solo, you jerk. <laughs> I, I think this is probably my favorite scene in this entire movie, besides the lightsaber. Oh, no, nah, besides the uh, the saber duel and the end chase and on the Death Star. But this speeder chase, I I, I love it. Like that, I still think it holds up. Oh, yeah. I love, I love, I love the um, the whole behind the scenes on how they shot it too. Mm-hmm. Them yeah. walking through the forest and speeding up the footage right. and all that stuff. Yeah, like, it's great. Sure, go, Chewie. It's a great shot. Yeah, yeah. And what's nice about the scene though, too, like you have no doubts that Luke and Leia can handle these speeders because of the parents. Like they're the, they're the children of Anakin and Padme. Oh, and we've yeah. seen we've seen Luke, or excuse me, we've seen Padme or um, Anakin, Anakin. You know, do pod racing. So like. 
yep. you would think, okay, these guys can handle it. Well, thinking about like from the um, like the reaction time, you would have to have the force and or be highly trained to do that, just because like one wrong little move, you're mm-hmm. hitting a tree. I mean, right. we see it with some of the stormtroopers. Dude, the or sound for this is amazing. I guess. Yeah. Oh sound. yeah. Yeah, we got to give Ben Burt some credit because the way he shot, like the sound for these speeders and the the turning and all that yep. stuff is fire. Yeah, like how when they move past the camera, like the sound mm-hmm. pans and all that. It's great. Yeah. I have the toy for the speeder bike, like when I was a kid, and I remember. I don't know what happened to the forks of the speeder, but I always had the speeder bike. I guess it like had the function explode with a button. Mm-hmm. So oh I just yeah, use I had it that too. The forks. <laughs> it's like, oh well, yep, yeah, this is a modified too. speeder bike. Yep. Yeah, no, I always thought about the, these scenes when I was riding like dirt bikes as a kid and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. <laughs> I thought this was cool how he just backs back. Like yeah, that. that's awesome. They have so much mobility to be able mm. to do that. I think only oh, yeah. a Jedi could be able to pull that off with the G-Forces to be able to hold on like that. Right. Yeah, and this is, this is like such an iconic that like so many Star Wars stories since then have had some kind of speeder bike chase. I mean, in most recent novel Shadow of the Sith, uh, Luke and Lando are trailing these bounty hunters and they're they're on this planet with speeder bikes and it's luke with his lightsaber swinging at things on the speeder bike it's amazing he's like standing on the speeder bike deflecting yeah. blaster bolts with his green saber oh yeah there's there's so many speeder bikes like you said you have that story you have you know i was referenced the tartikoski clone wars you have kenobi riding his speeder bike into battle with his lightsaber and jumps off of it and all that. Like, you know, there's so many instances of speeder bikes being used in Star Wars, and it all comes from this sequence. Or um, in video games, you got Shadows of the Empire, swoop bikes. Uh, mm-hmm. They be- quickly became one of my favorite yep. things in all of Star Wars, swoop bike race. Uh, not race, but like Chase, yep. Dash, right. Rendar. Look, you, I mean, pl- even the use of Darth Maul swoop bike, Anakin's. Yeah. You play this level in Super uh, Return of the Jedi, and it's freaking hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've played through it so many times. Yeah, it's hard. I love this when Luke flips off. I like that Luke used his saber here. It's, again, this is yep. my favorite scene for sure, and he just cranks oh. it out. And I'm thinking, oh, Luke's that nice with a saber at yep. this point. Like, I'm thinking, oh, okay. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I'm thinking. Well, oh, I didn't really. It shows you how powerful lightsaber is too. Yeah. My only thing about this film, I wish he would have used it a little, more, a little bit more because he only uses lightsaber like three times. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I mean, and I, I just wish he would have used it a little bit more. But that's just, it's fine. I'm just being a jerk and selfish about it. But because the saber it just looks so great when he breaks it out. Oh yeah, the the animation or the, I, I guess CG or whatever it would be called for the saber, I guess. Like it, the green just looks so good the way it's used on all of these environments, right? Um, and especially now that they're in a forest. <laughs> yeah, it's cool seeing Han with the the trench coat with the camouflage. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, lo- I love how Han has the trench coat, and then Luke has more just the poncho, like Jedi type poncho. I'm surprised you don't have that jacket, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I could get all. That's the thing. I could have a different version of Luke every day if I wanted to. One with the tunic, one with the tunic. Uh, there you go, that thing, and then. <laughs> I have to buy a helmet somewhere and pull one together. Milton, if I if I ever become a hunter, I'm gonna I'll just wear this Endor gear, the the hat, the, the poncho. Ah. I wouldn't be against it. Yeah. Work, Davis. So good. Just think, he went from being. Uh, just a little background I mean not even background character because Wicket's pretty big in this film but you know he went from being basically a side character on this show to you know all of the Star Wars fandom stuff he's been involved with with the fans with you know hosting celebrations and you know just all his different panels and everything like it's crazy because he he was probably only what nine or eight or nine ten years old yeah I believe he was was like nine or ten or something yeah yeah, but like, because I, I think they talk about this in the documentary or at one point. I remember seeing like where he accidentally got this role. Yeah, he because the guy, um, uh, what's his name? Who's R2? Um, oh, God, uh, R2's actor. Uh, Kenny, Kenny Baker. Baker. Ken, yeah. Kenny Baker. He got sick that day, and so they needed somebody to um, play uh, Wicket. So they oh. got Warwick Davis. He was. Because it was, it was, it was. I'm pretty sure it was Kenny Baker was supposed to play him, and it may have not been. But I feel like I'm like 95 percent on that. But he, um, anyways, the actor who was going to play him got sick that day, and they needed somebody like now. So they they ended up getting him to play him, and that's how he ended up sticking with the role. Hmm. Yeah, it was in one of the behind the scenes. I don't yeah, remember which I remember, one it yeah, was. I remember watching it somewhere. Oh, it was it was from the one. Um, the one Milton on Disney Plus, like the, it, it's the one with all the side characters documentary, like oh, yeah. you know with Jeremy Bullock. It's for, it's from that one. Okay. Now, what are you guys' thoughts on the Ewoks? I believe like originally he wanted Wookies instead of Ewoks, yeah. but he, he I love this the Ewoks. Idea. I I love their ingenuity. I love how they act, how they behave. And their diminutive nature, which triumphs over the Empire, I think it works better with them than the Wookiees. Oh, for sure. Like, because the Empire, you know, is so much more co- overconfident. And then you have, um, I feel like with Wookiees, I don't know how, I mean, I guess you would just have to reshoot. A lot of this you'd have to just reshoot because Wookiees practically, I don't know, you couldn't really sneak them around the forest very, it, it would... I mean, I hate to say it, but it's it's kind of like you'd look like you'd be having a big battle of the Bigfoots, basically. Um, <laughs> and I just I don't know how an army of Wookies would actually look. Um, I mean, we saw it in Revenge of Sith. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I mean, that's 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 a tough one. That's a tough one because I'm not sure how it would um, just play out though with like all our characters, like how Leia would react, how. I mean, I guess you'd have to revamp it, I feel like, because if if they would have went the Wookiee route, George would have for sure had him being, like, related to Chewie somehow, or, you know, it would have been, like, that route, I bet. 
Right. Yeah, the only thing is with the Darth Vader story is I feel feel like there might be some repetition with what he does in the movie. It's like he's with the Emperor, mm-hmm. then he goes back to the Star Destroyer, then he comes back to the Emperor again, then he goes back down to Endor, then he goes back to the Emperor again. Like <laughs> he is really like the Emperor's errand boy at this point. He's just going back. That's and what forth, I'm saying. Like they, like, like but, they. But that was they, Chris's point to, or Milton's point to start. Like you know, this Emperor, this guy, old guy, is that powerful. Yeah. Like you now made Vader sympathetic. You you made him like want to relate to the audience, and I think. It's smart. I mean, again, story-wise, it holds up. It needed to be this way. You know, I don't want to argue that. I'm just saying, like... I think it lays the breadcrumbs for when Luke starts saying... Yes. ...basically turn. You know, in the back of your heads, you know, subconsciously even, that's kind of like, oh, I can maybe see where this is, like, slowly building to that moment. Yeah, he's like, his compassion for you will be his... His compassion will be undoing. Like, he's saying, like, Luke has connection to you and he's like i feel like you might have it as well but vader's like oh no i'm clear but we really know he's not you know and my question is we all know that the dark side can cloud the vision of the jedi can the dark side cloud the vision of the sith as well because maybe palpatine i don't don't think palpatine's clouded but i think he's sensing like vader is clouded in some way shape or form yeah well that or is it is it is it even um is it the whole thing of like, you know, even even and you see it in other movies, too, is it like, you know, Palpatine can see the future. But when when is that taking place type? Right. thing, You know, yeah, I think I think that's a factor as well. Now, with Palpatine, I, I, I'm thinking, what is he doing exactly on the Death Star? Like he's looking into space. Is he like using the force to premeditate certain mm-hmm. events or something like that? I legends, think, like, what is he doing? I think. Palpatine is so obsessed with himself and what's next. Because think about it. The Jedi always looked inward when it comes to sitting at the temple. See how they, they, mm-hmm. they sit in a circle? They look at each other. They're all about, yeah. them. They're all about you know, being selfless. Palpatine's opposite. He's like, I'm selfish. I want more out there. I'm want, what's beyond the outer rim? What power's out there? What else can I absorb? Yeah. That's why his back is always to everybody and he's looking out in the space. He cares about no one else except for himself and what he can conquer. Well, so that I, I, and... I, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go on, Milton. Oh, I'm I was just, just going to say... I, I, was, I, just, okay. I, think, I think his mind's always on the next journey and always on the next thing to conquer. And obviously, he's like, he's like Luke and Vader. He's like, I'll handle them. I'm not worried about them. But he's like, I oh. want what's out there. He's he's thinking oh, yeah, about the sure. Yuzong Vong invasion. That's what he's thinking about. He's thinking this exactly. Death Star is going to be ready just in time to yeah, wipe them saying. off the he's, face he's of the galaxy. He's thinking about Admiral Thrawn. He's thinking about yep. Yuzong Vong. He's he's seeing Darth Kytus. You know what yep. I'm saying? J- well, Jaina Solo. Man, guys, what if we get a thing? Uh, now this is real wild, but what if we get a thing in like, say, with uh, Thrawn and Ezra in in the Mandoverse? Like, you know, it's like somehow parallel right around this time. And, you know, it's an off-screen thing of Palpatine somehow talking to, like, a staticky Thrawn, you huh. know, saying, hey, where are you? Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, fire. Oh, that like, would be sick. Yeah. That or could like, be your connecting point for general audiences, maybe. Or, like, he's communicating with the Sith cultists on Exegol, being like, is my yeah. clone body prepared, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, anything. Also, practically, I do think... You know, we got to think about it as well. Like, you know, he knew. I mean, Vader just reported basically the rebel stuff. So, 
the emperor probably is also turning around looking going well when are they going to show up like mm-hmm. just in the now right now this, i'll be honest with you this is probably one of my least favorite parts of the film just when the ewoks trap luke and han and all those guys and they start worshiping 3p i was like oh this is kind of corny <laughs> but but I, I see the payoff whenever they are accepted into the tribe you know especially from now luke's this- perspective we can, we can all agree this works better with Ewoks than Wookiees, correct? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, without question. I mean, I could understand, like, a 20-year-old watching Return of the Jedi and being so jaded by this at this point. Like, yeah. like oh, my gosh, like, there's teddy bears and stuff. I could see, like, if this movie came out now with Twitter, I could see there would be, yeah. like, a no, it huge wouldn't hold divide. Up Here's the thing. It, I, I think you're right. I think if it's made now... It wouldn't hold up. I think because we all have the lore and the love for it, it still holds up in our now because of how we play it out. I think the instant reaction in 2022, it'd be like, oh, this is trash. It'd be, yeah. it'd be, it'd be like Canto Bite. Yeah. Yeah. You know well, because like, like, well, well, we just saw Luke do all this stuff. Why can't Luke just whip out his lightsaber and chop all these people, these Ewoks <laughs> up like, or use the force? Like, yeah. And it's Han Solo. Han Solo ain't going to let no little babies mess with him like this like it's you know and i mean and, and again I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to be a hater like i get how it it makes sense for 83 you know and even watching it now as a 35 year old adult i mean yeah i can see how it connects but again like i mentioned if this is 2022 with how filmmaking is done today and storytelling is told there's no way a movie studio be like nah we gotta reamp this we, we can't let it drag like well, this well I mean, realistically, all these movies, um, I would say Empire holds up probably the best if you just carbon copy it. Yep. But I think um, I think this movie and even A New Hope, you would revamp different parts of it to fit modern mm-hmm. uh, like film film critics and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, but maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh. it's it's tricky with to please the Internet. <laughs> And that's the thing, yeah, Twitter and Instagram wasn't around in 1980-something. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, that, that's the benefit about being able to tell your own stories and not to worry about that instant backlash or instant uh, interaction from the fans. Can you imagine oh, if yeah. Chief Chirpa just, like, turned on the activator switch and just killed about three of his own people with the lightsaber? Uh, he's just waving <laughs> it around, like, nonchalantly. He doesn't even know what that's he's holding. That's a good holding. point. I didn't, even think, I didn't even think of that. That's a good point. I've never noticed him holding on to that saver like that before. <laughs> the fact they are going to eat him is pretty, pretty wild. Right. Who I do say, think? yeah, I do say with this scene coming up when he uses the force to levitate 3PO was dope. I was like, all right, this is tight. Because now I'm thinking, oh, Luke's gotten really powerful, too. You know, oh yeah, Luke's. I, I think they do that on purpose throughout this film. I think they show Luke doing something every other scene with his yeah. power to show like but how think, he's gotten. Think about this, Milton. You were talking about the power, or Mil- or Ben. I don't know who was mentioning about how he's getting powerful. He sees the Force grows more clearly. Mm-hmm. He's getting more powerful to the point where he doesn't even have to use gestures with his hands, or to even yeah. have his eyes open to sense a presence in the Force and use the Force to lift it up. And the right. fact that C-3PO yeah. isn't even like an animate, I guess it doesn't matter if he's an uh, inanimate or animate object, but he just is sitting there focusing through the force. Yeah. Yeah, and moving That's... it accurately. 
accurately, yeah. And then it's and there's no like hesitation. Not like he's struggling like he did in Empire of moving the ship and his hand was, you know, shaky. Like he just takes yep. a breath, moves him, puts him down. I'm thinking, oh, like Luke's that nice. Oh, yeah. I ain't gonna lie, oh, yeah. I've I'll, tried I'll... this plenty of times when I'm just chilling at the house. Let me just try to, you know, move something. Yeah. <laughs> also, <laughs> also, I think an underrated part about this scene too, to add to the viciousness of the Ewoks. You know, they're just singing casually when they're getting ready to cook these people alive. Like you know, they're singing their little song and this is, uh... the fire around. It's like, okay. Oh, yes, we're eating good tonight. We got humans. Yeah. And then, you know, as as John Campion says, you know, you have these Ewoks that go eat, pe- you know, eat people alive, burn you alive, eat you, and then use your skulls as bongo drums to celebrate. Like, that's <laughs> that's pretty wild. Yeah, vicious. I really have a strong urge, guys, to watch the <laughs> Caravan of Courage. In a battle for for Endor now after seeing this segment. I saw someone I saw someone tweet live tweeting that on Twitter earlier today, actually. They were watching it. Um actually. They were like, I'm today I'm watching um Ewoks Caravan of Courage and blah 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 and they were live tweeting it in like a thread. I think right. I actually might watch it like this next week. <laughs> this scene for me is this is another good scene for me. I love how he just narrates Star Wars pretty much. He just narrates the whole trilogy like at this yeah. time. That's oh, he has the sound are. effects too. Yeah. So dope. Yeah, yeah, how he has the sound effects. Yeah. Oh, Vader. <laughs> I was like, fire, dude. Yeah, I, I love. I mean, given I guess he's a droid, so he can record or or just play it on demand, I guess. But it's funny how he has the sound effects like Vader, the lightsaber, like all that stuff. Well, for all we know, three or R two could be making those sounds. For all we know. True. Yeah. I mean now. What's special about this scene? I'm sorry to interrupt. And what's special about this scene? I want to get into this real quick. Yep. Is that Luke knows what's going on in a sense? Like I think because watch how Luke's face is looking whenever they're the the council is talking about should we have them join, you know, the the tribe? I think Luke is taking away his time from Yoda and how he tried to underestimate a small creature, his stature, his size, and things. Well, he has nothing to give. He's small. I think Luke now finally understands. He's like. This is the process. This needs to happen. We need to let them have them accept us into this tribe to get to our next step, you know? So I think Luke gets it. I think obviously Han and Leia and Chewie are probably like, eh, what the hell is this? No, he even says, what's going on? But Luke's like, no, like, this is good. This needs to happen. Do you see, you see oh, yeah. it? Oh, yeah, mm. that's true. I didn't mean. And I think, I think he's, he's, learned, he's taken away his time from Yoda. He's like, I'm not going to underestimate these people. You know, yeah. I mean, nah. think when he when he first when he first started interacting with Yoda, he was he didn't know what he, what he was yeah. talking to. Yeah. Luke's like, okay, it works. We're accepted. We're good. He's like, right, now it's time for me to like step out and go. Yeah, I mean, and also realistically, like Luke probably is thinking like tactically, like sure, Luke could have like <laughs> wrecked ah. some people with his lightsaber, but you know, they probably got a few arrows in Han and Leia. You know, Han as well and Chewie, yeah. like. They probably would have done some damage to him. That's right. that's one line from Harrison Ford I'd never picked up on. Short helps better than no help at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh man, he's on fire at this movie. Oh, he's a prick. Typical. Oh, oh, yeah, he's he, so he good. Hates, I, I think he hates three PO. <laughs> like facts. Oh yeah. Now this scene, after watching the prequels, I I wish this scene wasn't was rewritten differently. 
Because there's no way she really wouldn't know her mom. Uh, there's one way. Um, How? It, I, I mean, if you want to get like real in, into the mega weeds with it, Luke's eyes are closed. Leia's eyes are open when during that scene. If you watch it, her eyes are open, so it's like the Force. She's seeing through the Force. That's what I've heard the explanation is, is that she basically saw her mother because her eyes were open and Luke was basically like asleep or whatever. So that's why... Wait. Leia, it's all And that she scene just said she didn't really know her because she just knew images. Mm -hmm. Yeah, images because her eyes were were. were no, open. No, That's she's what like I've heard. Seen... Like, watch the sequence. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't That's know. That's what I'm saying. This scene always threw me. I mean, even till this damn thing. Oh, I wish they would have done that Revenge of the Sith kind of different at time, like pieces of it to make it fit. But it's like. It's whatever. Yeah. I mean, I can't even like hate because it's still a great like scene between Luke and Leia. Oh yeah, you know, and she's like your father. Like she's like repulsed. Again, the shooting of it, and yeah. and I mean the fact that you know yeah. it's it's and that's it's you uh, know she go on. No, I was just gonna say um, the upcoming the upcoming book coming out this week is actually they they, they say there's gonna be a lot with her dealing with the fact that she's the daughter of Darth Vader and I know, mm. I know they did that they did a lot of that with Bloodline that is the yep. crux of the Bloodline yep. story you guys read that or listened to it um, and yep. it comes back it comes back to haunt her when people realize that she is this, the daughter of Vader yeah. even though it's like well, five years later right but that's what i'm saying leia i'm surprised she she hasn't killed herself yet because and i mean i don't mean that to be like weird or goofy what i'm saying is like she lost her planet of alderaan everybody out. she knows yeah wiped out her family alderaan you know she finds out that the most heinous man in, in history is her father you know finds out that you know luke's her brother you know like all this other stuff like she goes through so much and she's not yep. a basket case. You know, she's oh, yeah. been on the run for four years at this point with the rebellion. Like, how is she not stressed out? Plus, she was an agent as a child and as a young adult working against the Empire. So, like, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, she's been through so much, it's not even funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Like, Leia's, like, I mean, Leia hasn't had a normal um, childhood. Because how old would she be in this movie? 20? She's, she's about 23. Yeah. Or so. 23, 24, like that, that's a lot by the time you're 24. I mean, I know by the time I was, I was 24, I definitely was not, um, doing all of this sort of stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, man, she's been through so much. And again, this goes back to my, my argument, my reasoning about how with Ray, she goes through nothing and they make her ultra powerful and ultra perfect. It's like, wait a minute. Like yep. Luke and Leia are the pillars of the original trilogy and they went through something anakin and obi-wan went through stuff you know what i'm saying like yeah han han like I mean, han like he got froze for a year for pete's sake yeah now han solo now being an asshole like always but to his credit he does revert back to being a nice guy realizing he's like hey i messed up he's like let me just comfort her real quick she needs me well, he doesn't know what just went down. Right. He, he doesn't like, know the full like story Like, the de yet. details of the conversation. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that was Han Solo reverting to him being an old jerk again. But then now you can really see, like, he yep. softened up. He's like, all right, I love this woman. You know, let, let me be patient with her. Oh, yeah. Also, a thing, too, to throw out there with this whole scene. Again, 
the cinematography because I feel like nowadays, if this movie, if this scene was shot in today's um, sequence, that scene would be mega dark. Oh like, yeah. Versus the way it's versus the way it's lit now because you know that's just how people shoot. Oh, right. I love I love no. this establishing shot of the size of the Death Star like in the in the freaking sky. Like that thing mm-hmm. is super close. You got the shuttle coming down and you got the AT-AT, which is neat because like up until now we thought they were only Hoth vehicles, but it's cool to see the Empire has them like all over the galaxy, you know. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, this is dope. Yeah, so Chris, you talk was it you saying something, Chris, about him being so shiny? In this movie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> All he does is walk around. I'm dead serious. Like, he hasn't done anything physical yet. Yeah. Man, Luke looks so good in, in that outfit. Now, look at the size between Luke and Vader. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, Hamill's only, like, 5'9 or so, 5'10, yeah. I think. But, yeah, but I'm, right? But I'm saying, like, just the physical stature in general, like, oh, yeah, Vader's yeah. big. Big yeah. and bulky, and mm-hmm. I mean, I he's know. he's a monster, basically. Yeah. I wonder how Vader always thought like this conversation would go between he and his son. So I think I think the Obi Wan show has really helped this scene. What do you guys think? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I I would definitely say it's it's helped this scene a lot. Um. This scene helps their conversation on the Death Star. Like, it just helps um, a lot of this context with Vader, I feel like. Right. Even the sound of his saber is different. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, I think one of my buddies asked me, he's like, why, why does Luke's lightsaber look different? Why does it look like Obi-Wan's lightsaber? And I'm like, guys, like, the film tells you in its own way. And my buddy's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm like, Obi-Wan's lightsaber. I was like, Obi-Wan was his mentor. One. Two, they're on Tatooine. You know, three, like, he probably went back you to Obi-Wan's house. You could guess context clues. Exactly. He probably went back to Obi-Wan's house, found the books about how to construct the lightsaber, and he did it. Now, I've also heard, yeah. like, the this, you know, this is rumor and innuendo, maybe legends, too, I think. The green crystal, before the whole bleeding of it. Potentially could have been Qui Gon Jinn's, maybe. Yeah, I don't think that's. Yeah, Legends. that was. A, that I think was a, that's canon, or not canon, but people want it to be canon. Or, yeah, it was. It was in the. Um, it's in the Kenobi book, I believe, just straight up called Kenobi. Um, oh. you know, he talks about. He, yes. I'm pretty sure it was in that book from like 20 or 2009 or 10, somewhere in that region. Yeah. Um, that book, it was a. Uh, it was from that because Obi Wan like, uh, you know, talks about like storing Qui Gon's crystal there, and then I think. You know, it's like uh, it's like referenced or whatever like that. It's there. So, like, you know, how else would a Luke build his green lightsaber? Mm. Like, Well, I've also read, too, maybe, and Chris, maybe if you know this, he got, like, a synthetic crystal because he couldn't find, like, a regular kyber crystal. Yeah, I think that's in canon right now, isn't it, Chris? Or Wait, no, there's no, there's no such thing as a synthetic crystal now in Star Wars. Mm. I, I found out yeah. that fact that Darth Maul had a synthetic crystal for the Dark Side users. That's how they had red crystals, but they don't exist anymore. But it basically, it's all uh, natural kyber crystals, and mm-hmm. the only crystals that turn red are the ones that the Sith bleed. They which bleed, is when yes. They basically mm-hmm. just like use the force to like overpower them, and right, know. right, yeah. Because I, I know when I was a kid, I read something about like he had a he had a 
make a crystal or get something. And I'm like, what? I thought they were just like, you just found them and like put them in. Yeah, but so remember... far, it's weird. Luke has currently where the, the comic is in Between Empire and Return of the Jedi. He has a um, yellow, lights, yellow lightsaber that he found in a High Republic outpost. Mm -hmm. So curious to see why that one goes away and he gets Luke's game, uh, the green saber. But we'll see soon, I guess. Right. A lot of blockade now, runners. Right. But what's crazy is like the, the rebellion fleet can't even hold up against like you know the uh galactic um republic at all like their fleet i mean they're they're just like nope. maybe a percentage of what they got you know but it, it looks oh, it yeah. looks they, they, they look they look amazing though they're trying good old b-wings yeah you see him here but you don't see him ever again you <laughs> lando calrissian has such perfect hair in his movie Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, we'll yeah, say whole... they... Go ahead, go ahead Ben. Oh, I was going to say, this whole space battle, I think, is, um, I think, the best overall sequence. Best best overall space battle for, like, the stakes, the, um, just everything, like, I would say, overall in Star Wars, like, in terms mm -hmm. of the space battles, like, like, the consequences, the, um, the, the way it's shot visually, everything, um, I feel like is is on point yeah but like no i was just gonna say like you know i think they should have i think the only thing about this film that i will say that's another negative they didn't use lando enough in my opinion yep Yeah, God, I I really want that backstory of, of Lando and how he got into the Rebel Alliance. Like, that's such a big gap in the story right now. Like, how does he go from just, like, this barren administrator of Cloud City to being a general of the Rebel Alliance in a year? Who, who right. double-crossed his, his... Who double-crossed, I guess, what would Han's rank be? Oh, Han was Captain? a general, yeah. John, no, general? Han was a yeah. general. Yeah, so so he double crossed a general of the rebellion in Empire Strikes Back, and well, then he, he, he wasn't a general yet. In Empire, he's like still commander, right? Oh, that's why. That, okay, no, th no, that's he was saying, a general. Yeah. I, th I thought he wasn't. Yeah. Wait, wait, I think they say Mayor, general. You might, Solo. you might have been right. You might be right. He might be like a um, I think he's like a captain, or commander. a colonel, but, or something but, like that. But but I mean, okay, okay. Regardless, what whatever his rank is, he double crossed a high ranking official of the rebel army. And then a year later, Land there Lando's a general. It's like, wait a second. How did you double cross your, you, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I don't know. It's just crazy. Like he had to have done I, something significant. Well, the battle right. of Tanab, like he referenced like, yeah. what's this battle of Tanab? Like maybe he saved Mon Mothma. Right. Well, maybe, maybe lay a vouch for him. She's like, Hey, listen, like he, he's an asshole, but however, he did save us. You know, he tried to save save Han. Okay, now is this old boy from Rebels um, and Clone Wars? <laughs> Rex, like, yeah. Yeah. like Nick Sants or something, isn't he? It's, like the character name. Yeah, and well, no, in, in canon, he is Rex now. That's yes. that's no. definitely Rex now. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, saying. I'm, like, no, I'm sure that's Rex now. I'm I feel, I'm pretty sure Dave Filoni is the one that confirmed that, Chris. Well, I, no, wait, I, it was in it was in Forces of Destiny or like Galaxy of Heroes where they had like Rex with a camouflage gear. But like a lot well, of people are mad because they're they're like, well, if they do that, then they're like whitewashing, like to more Morrison because well, he's a white well, guy. Well, see, 
Oh, I know that, but I'm saying I'm I'm like ninety like seven percent sure Dave Filoni can. I feel don't you? I, thought I, he think, did too. I think I think I think Dave that, confirmed that. That's what I, I'm asking because I'm thinking I'm like, sure. wait, like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it is what it is, but <laughs> yeah. If not, yeah. he he isn't head cannon for everybody. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> now here's my question to you guys. Do you think Vader or not Vader? Do you think Palpatine is worried or scared about Luke or or, or Vader together? Not at all. No nope. facts. I I agree. Like he he ain't stressing zero just because of um. Once we get to the part where everything springs into action, like Palpatine knows how this is all going to play out. Mm. I still love the original trailer had the elevator shot um for this movie. Mm. The what? The, so like the elevator, like when they when they come up to Palpatine's throne room and like the elevator opens, like when they're there, like that, that was one of the big establishing shots, like for the original trailer for this movie. So like a lot of people, if you go back and look at like different um, write ups about this movie and stuff, people were theorizing, wait, you know, Luke's in all black. Is he turning to the dark side or something like all these sort of theories back then based yeah. off that original trailer? Like if you look into it, because you know, people were just assuming since, you know, a Jedi's not supposed to be an all black. And like, that was a lot of the chatter back then. Oh, if you look up, like talk about the original trailer. Yeah. Like old, old magazine write ups and things like I've looked into that stuff before. And that was like part of the initial like trailer reaction back in like 1982, I guess, or early 83. Yeah. Ian McDermott, man. I can't believe this guy was only like in his 30s when he did this. Yeah. I legitimately thought this was like an older gentleman playing this. Mm -hmm. Right. That chair is so cool. You know, we got to talk about the chair. The fact that it just spins around. He's got like all his command controls in there. Just chilling at celebration they have this usually as a photo op you can go sit in Hepper's chair and get some photos that's great i mean hey like if you're the emperor of course you have to have something like that like man he needs to have like a thing for his feet though like lift, lift his feet yeah. up off the ground one thing's for sure milton with us being big sports people that the whole big window that would also be a multi-function big screen just to sit there. Oh, and you're chill damn and watch, right, dude. You're not watch, wrong. Uh, watch games on <laughs> galactic football. <laughs> yeah, hot ball. Yeah. yeah, hey, there we go. Oh, uh, this level was fun in Return of the Jedi um, for Super Nintendo. Right. Oh yeah, you this was a fact, and you can play this level on the, the Force Unleashed two. What? I think, yeah, and I like, think it's like, it's one, it's one, it's one of the bonus, like, feature episode or, uh, levels when you beat the game. Cause, like, you oh. play, you play it as, uh, you play it as, I think, is it, no, you play it as Dark Star Killer. And you want to fight in Leia as a Jedi. Yep. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. So, like, long story short, like, you, you go through Endor with, with the Dark Star Killer. And, uh, you wind up fighting Han Solo and Chewie. You wind up killing him. Spoilers. You kill them. And then you fight like a, a, a not a Rancor, um, the two-footer uh, um, robot. What's it called? Um, 
ATFC, yeah, you fight that. And then you go through this level, you fight all the rebellion, you wreck them, and all of a sudden you see Leia trying to do something, and she's like, oh, you, you destroyed my brother on Hoth, so I took his place and became a Jedi, and she has, <sighs> she has a yellow saber. What? Oh, yeah, it's fire. Yeah. Look, it up, look it up on YouTube. And then so, like, oh, yeah. you want you want to fight her on this, and then, like, you chase her throughout Endor, and you go to, like, this big, like, satellite disc-looking thing or, like, level, and you want to fight her there, and you want to beat her. And at the end, you're thinking, oh, it's all good. And they, they shoot up to the Death or the Death Star where the Emperor and Vader are that. And Emperor Palpatine's like, oh, so Vader, you didn't you think I didn't know about your dark apprentice? He's like, I'm gonna wreck you and he let you Here do we so go. many sense of, Yeah, it's fire, dude. It's a like, trap. Just watch. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, the, the force of oh, these my two stuff gosh. is amazing. Yeah. This still holds up till this, this day. This holds up. Oh yeah. Dude, 40 years later, and this looks just incredible. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, as much as I love the Revenge of the Sith battle in the beginning of the movie, this is probably my, my favorite Star Wars like space battle of all time. Oh, yeah. I think I think it's the best just for all yeah. the visuals, the action, the consequences of the fight, because this is the Rebellion. Like, if they don't win this, like, it's, it's done. It's over for them. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Palpatine has no worries. Like, that's why I'm thinking he's not worried about these people. I mean, also realistically, too, even if Vader didn't stop, well, we'll see here in a second, stop it, I uh, I feel like Palpatine could have stopped the Luke's lightsaber with the Force. Oh, yeah. He, Just he, for how he powerful was, he was. Yeah. Like he, like, he had no worries whatsoever. I mean, he's right now. He's pretty much he's tempting him. He's training him. I mean, he's he's doing everything he did that he did to Anakin. You know, pretty much. Oh I mean, yeah. I think, yep. Yeah. It, it's yeah. It's unavoidable. I mean, he's even in the same kind of chair that he was in Revenge of the Sith aboard the uh, General Grievous's flagship. Yeah. There. Right. Same yeah. thing. Now, I, I wish you know what, Chris. We need a book certain like a certain point of view book from vader's perspective on this whole scene because i wonder what he's thinking he's thinking like well this happened to me too you know like we need something like that like that that'd be cool to see what he's thinking during that mm. whole interaction of being on that ship while his son is also being like you know put to the ringer oh yeah i think it's well i think it's um you know he's just he's still struggling with it because he's thinking about that and then he still just the muscle memory takes over to protect Palpatine, though. Mm, yeah, you know, in that moment, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and pretty much you talk about echoing. He's Dooku now, because Dooku yeah. thought like, "Oh, I'm good." You know, uh, he's I'm, I'm Palpatine's guy, and Vader's probably yeah. thinking the same thing in a way. He's like, "Oh, I'm good, but it's my son, but I'm still good," and he's still like serving him. Maybe he knows like Palpatine wants to discard him. It, it's crazy. It's kind of like weird. Well, that and, you know, it, it would be cool to get um, a story from that point of view just because of the whole is, you know, from, say, Vader's perspective, is he thinking, OK, maybe we get up here and some stuff goes down. Maybe maybe me and Luke can take him out. Like, you know, if I, you know, because because remember, Vader said we could overthrow the emperor in episode five. Like he right. flat out said that. So um, so I feel like Vader could potentially have that in the back of his mind, too. Like when we're going up there, like. You know, sure. You, you he's telling all this stuff to Luke, but who knows? Maybe, maybe I'll get my chance to take the shot on Palpatine. Right, right. 
Leia kicking absolute ass in this movie from taking out speeder bikes, killing Jabba, just sniping fools and ATSTs. Oh, what, yeah. what do you got? Yeah, what do you think about this scene? Like, I, I don't think I ever talked to you guys about this, but how do you feel about Ewoks going up against an Imperial, like you know, you know, uh, uh, brigade? Like, do you think they should have won? I mean, I don't know. Well, well I mean, I, I think I, I mean the just, the real world. I mean, the real world stuff is you know, it it it's the whole like Vietnam, like repelling, like us invading and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's what it's like inspired off of. But like in terms of like the in universe stuff, I think, I think it's fine. I mean, I think it's, it's good because it, it it's fine because it it kind of sets up the whole like underdog part of like the rebels are this scrappy group of people put together, and the Ewoks are this scrappy, uh, I guess, pack of herd animals or I guess whatever they're called creatures, um, you know, and taking out like a bigger, more powerful threat. You know, it just mirrors the rebellion really well. I would say. Mm-hmm. I would say if you look in each frame, um, for every stormtrooper, there's about ten Ewoks. So, for me, it's just like power by overwhelming force. And that's how I logistically well, look at it. Where it's and, like, okay, and, that they just have the numbers on the stormtroopers. There's not a whole lot. Well, I mean, this is not meant to be a place where there's going to be a huge rebel war. Like they didn't have that many imperial forces yeah. here. Right. Well, you got to think about it as well from a point of view of. Okay, this was rated PG. This was made back then when it wasn't as violent. Nowadays, you know, you'd have Ewoks like stabbing stormtroopers in the neck. Like, you know, it would be a lot more violent if it was like in real life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like right. graphics wise. <laughs> I mean, you see enough here where they're preparing. I love this cut right Big... here where it just goes oh, from yeah. the trees to oh, space. Oh, yeah, right today, yeah. Yeah, that's excellent editing. Just the kinetic. It's so kinetic. You go from one battle, one one off front of the battle to the other without any without it missing a beat. Mm. This is the best, I think, overall final act of a movie of what's going on throughout the entire sequence of the final part of the movie from the space battle to Endor to inside the Death Star. I, like everything that's I don't happening, know. I think. I think Phantom Menace gives it a run for its money. Phantom Menace oh, is yeah, the only other true. movie that actually has the stakes dialed up pretty high. And everything yeah. is happening for a purpose. So I do really appreciate uh, right. Phantom I Menace. Think these are the, I well, think these are the two highest ones. Like the two, I think they're right. the, the two clear-cut ones. Well, we all forget too, though. Rogue One had a pretty damn good space battle too. Oh, well, yeah, that one. Oh yeah, yeah. I am and because and, I just even thought about that because she's she's trying to get the plans. They got the, yep. the beach the beach scene, getting the plans, and Admiral Raddus using that hammerhead Corvette to wreck the yep. uh, the uh, the space shield or the planet shield. Yep. That holds up too with this. I mean, I have to say, like, oh, yeah. that's a really good scene too. Oh, for sure. I think those three movies are the best. Without three. question overall like endings combined mm. i love the scene where he's like man that came from the death star oh billy d's acting is so great in this yeah yeah it's amazing 
<laughs> I love and and Neon Numb throughout the whole thing too. Like his co-pilot is so great. Mm. Well, he's pretty much us. He's like, what the hell is going on here? He's like, we, yeah, he's like, like what right. I sign up for <laughs> exactly. Because you know we'd be like, oh god, I'm like, I hope I just survive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Ewok just mercilessly stabbing the sword trooper. <laughs> so. Oh man! Here comes R2 to save the day. Where Again, you know the stormtroopers aren't aren't trained for this type of combat. Probably, you know, they're more trained for like humanoid type. You know, yeah. humans, humanoid types. Like they're not trained for like people that are two and a half foot high or whatever. However tall Ewoks are, like they're not trained for this type of, um, you know, in the jungles combat. I guess you would say. It's interesting because after like this movie has been out with all the canon stuff, we have so many stories of characters being in the Battle of Endor on Endor itself. Like for instance, you have um, the bounty hunter from Aftermath. Now you you guys have read that. Um, Hera. There's like a bounty hunter from there. You have um, in Star Wars Battlefront 2's campaign, you have Iden Versio and an Inferno squad like wandering through through the jungle taking out different um, rebel soldiers and stuff. Well, wasn't wasn't Hera in it, or is that just the Forces of Destiny? I don't know if that counts. Well, she gets there after the battle's over, I think. Like, she lands. Is it? Okay. Okay, okay. So she shows up later. Okay, I wasn't sure if that took place during this or, you know, after. But like you said, it is cool finding out, like, more and more of the people that are getting added. You know, and that's the perfect way to, me- I think, mess with canon. I think, you know, like, adding in, like, just little nods here and there. I like that angle. Yeah, oh, seeing the, the dish explode, seeing the anatomy of a Star Destroyer and the, the hard points and things you got to hit to take it out. You know, in Star Wars Squadrons, you got to go for the, the shield generators first. <laughs> right. That's... He's so confident. He's already calling him his apprentice at this point. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough for Luke. It's like the the character of like, how do you come up with a better villain than Palpatine himself? Like as an antagonist, you know, you you don't well, like this is the top. So so Luke's whole point in, in this surrendering himself was to try to turn Vader, correct? Yes. Okay. So, like, that's that's a wild thing to think about. Like, you know, how brave and bold you have to be. You're turning yourself over. Like, they could just kill you. Like, theoretically. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. See, but then again, I feel like you know, then from Vader's point of view, you know, maybe in the Force, like Vader's sensing that, like, you know, coming through the Force of like, you know, whoa, Luke's basically giving himself up to like all of this potential bad stuff to like try to turn me. Right. <laughs> yeah, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Good old ATST pilots. Oh man, that poor guy. <laughs> He's gonna be dinner for the Ewoks in about three hours. Yeah. I- because you gotta think if you're like those 
stormtroopers and the pilots and the ATSTs, you're like, man, I did not sign up for this, yeah. this type no. of war. Like, this is not what I signed up for, getting eaten alive. And yeah, I did not sign up for that. Because I guarantee you the Ewoks didn't put them out of their misery too oh, quickly. Oh, no. Like, you know they're, they're yeah. Huh. Yeah, you know, some of them might have just been knocked out. And then they're waking up yeah. to their flesh being cooked Arms alive. Arms getting ripped off. And, yeah. <laughs> Like it's just crazy. Like I, in Battlefront Two, there's an entire game mode called Ewok Hunt, where you are Ewoks yep, I remember hunting that. the stormtroopers. It's like a horror movie. Yep. <laughs> you got the you. You have like flashlights that have like a limited time. So like, once the lights go out, you're like screwed because you can hear the Ewoks, and it's like, oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> you hear them, but it's too late. You're dead. I always feel bad when the one Ewok gets blasted. Yeah, they add, they add all, that's cool. They add stakes to the movie. It's like, all right, like yeah. these guys aren't infallible. <sighs> Great music by John Williams though, with like thematically like it sounds like it's a lot of horns, like as if it's like the Ewoks like calling in reinforcements. Yep. All right. <laughs> oh, the stop the stop animation on this ATSC going down is awesome. Oh, his yeah. Leg, the it's way still, his legs still were holds wobbling. up. Way to screw it up, Han Solo. Yep. <laughs> Look at Han Solo just grabbed her boob. <laughs> <laughs> hey, gotta get your action when you can. <laughs> I always wondered, in Star Wars, so when you get shot does that like just burn you or something or does yeah, it, go it's, through? It, it instantly cauterizes you like when it hits yeah. you okay because like, yeah, okay. there's blood on his fingers mm. like you see that okay oh, oh yeah, yeah that's true. wow i never noticed that interesting yeah wow. that's a good call there mm. get down here she's wounded i love this cut right here oh yeah that's that's definitely one of the best cuts Wow, with... this is one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite lightsaber battles because it's got so much riding on it. Like that's what mm. makes battles so important. It's like, what are the stakes? What's what's really happening besides just people wailing at each other? Right. Well, it has the stakes of you know the rebel stuff, the emperor trying to turn Luke stuff, the Luke trying to turn Vader stuff, and. What's Vader thinking from his point of view? So you have like four or five different things right there right. that's going on. One thing about this scene, I never understood why Luke never corrected Vader and said, no, Obi-Wan didn't teach me. I, I learned from Yoda. Like that, that'd be yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess maybe from, I guess from Vader's point of view, maybe, you know, he thought Obi-Wan was the only one yeah, alive. Yeah. yeah, I love this. Luke's just being defensive and just, like, not even trying to, like, fight him. Yeah. I do love that we get the Vader lightsaber throw. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, the editing for these this sequence with Luke and Vader, the, the music for sure. The music's mm -hmm. excellent throughout this whole scene. Yeah, when I first saw this, I couldn't figure out how he cut down that um, 
that 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 bridge. Yeah. But I was mm-hmm. I was I was like, oh okay, because he threw a saber, and I was like, oh, that uh-huh. makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that music swelling up with the emperor smiling and laughing. Oh man, so good. Right. So there's so if you, when we get to the scene where Luke's in the uh, darkness with Vader, look at Darth Vader closely. You see that he has Luke's saber in his left hand. Have you ever, have you ever noticed Interesting. that? Interesting. No. I did not. So I that. think how I read it and looked it up before, uh, somehow Luke went to attack him again, but somehow Vader like took the saber out of his hand. Mm. And that's how he wound up having it in his hand again, like in that scene. You, you'll see it well, if you look closely. Well, see, you have things like that. They've had saber mistakes like that um, because they had a similar one with um, Ian McDermott in this scene for, in Revenge of the Sith when him and the council first start fighting. There's a, there's some weird stuff with his lightsaber that goes on in that sequence as well. Yeah. I feel like it's practically it's just how many shots you do. You know, you don't even think about, you know, you don't even think about maybe one little quick shot. All right. Can't hide forever, Luke. Yep. I do like the lighting in this scene, how they show his yeah. face. Yeah, and I like how how Vader's saber looks. It's like very mm-hmm. pointy. Yep. Looks oh, just yeah. like he's just like an evil. Well, he is evil, but just like this black knight of vengeance. Oh yeah. And, God, if you're Luke, you got to be thinking, man, I really got myself into some hot water today. Yeah. <laughs> right. How did we get here? I mean, Vader's not wrong, though. Like, he... See? His saber's right there. Oh, Wow. Yeah, he oh. has it in his hand, and Luke uses the force and he world? grips it out. So Luke uses the force and takes it out of his hand. Like so, they oh, cut it. Oh so, wow! Yeah, so they cut Wait, it. What so the Luke hell? dropped yeah. it when the. So yeah, Luke, Luke dropped. Oh, that's how it got to Luke. Yeah, oh Luke dropped wow! It. So he was supposed Holy to use the force smokes. and pull it out. Love this scene, dude. I, the music wow, that for is this yeah. was fire. That's a good call. Hey, there you go, Chris. There's a YouTube video for you. Hidden fact about Return of the Jedi. No one knows. Yeah. Yeah, really. All right. Wow. That's interesting. That I did mind. not notice that, Milton. Yeah, right, I did so not yeah. notice that. Love this. Tapping the dark side. Whoa. Yeah, so in that scene, he drops his saber, Vader picks it up, and then Luke uses the force and rips it out of his hand when he gets angry. That's why Luke's at such a weird angle when it ignites. Yes. Yes. Interesting. I never noticed that. I'm definitely going to have to text my cousin about that after this. Because this is his favorite movie. And I don't think he's ever seen that. This is a great scene. Just seeing the the comparison between father and son. Realizing, oh, I'm becoming my dad. I'm becoming what I'm trying to destroy. Now, I don't know if I would have threw my lightsaber because I'm like, bro, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, well, because 
I think part of it too, like, I mean, obviously Luke's talking about being a Jedi and all that stuff, but part of it too, I mean, you know, there's still got to be a little touch of overconfidence in Luke, you know, well, he's probably thinking, what's this old man going to do? That's what I'm saying. Obi-Wan ain't throwing his lightsaber mm -hmm. down. He's like, oh, I know this guy can do something. Yeah. Yeah. And and Luke should know this. He he should know this from Yoda. Oh yeah. Vader's whispering. Uh, he's, he can shoot lightning, man. Facts. (laughs) Well, didn't he get warned by Yoda or Obi Wan saying the Emperor's powerful? Yeah, to the Yoda, Master, yeah, to the Master, 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 yeah, Yoda. Yeah, Yoda says, "Don't underestimate." Um, he, he Harry says, he says something about don't underestimate the power of the Emperor. Yeah, exactly. Um, See, I'd be like, "Oh man. my God, miss me with this, Luke? We don't make your saber up." Yeah. And Vader Again, gets too, up though, and goes like, to serve him. Yeah, that's that's really wild. Also, I think just practically back practically back then, like if Luke pulls a saber, I don't know if they would have wanted to have the Emperor do a lightsaber fight. Right. No, no. I think they they potentially could have done like you know him deflecting the the, the lightning, but this yeah. this works. I mean, this this makes sense oh, yeah. too. Because you you need Vader to like tap into like Anakin again now officially. Well, yeah, you have to somehow get Vader to kill the Emperor. Yeah, yeah it's to gotta be it's gotta be something extreme where he has to just he can't hesitate. Like he has to make a choice. Right. right. It's either your son's here. dead or, yeah. So, question for you fellas: What are your thoughts on this? No. How do you feel about that? Nope. I'll pass on that. Yeah. Too much. I I don't mind it. I think because of what I know about the story, I don't mind it, but I'm not against it being him being quiet neither, like not saying anything. It's it's like I like I, I like the lead up when he says no. Do we? But do we think he, though? Was the Emperor basically too sucked in right now dealing with Luke to turn around? Because I mean, if Vader screams no, you'd think the Emperor would snap. You know what yes. I mean? Like I don't know. Maybe maybe you know he was just so consumed by the dark side, focusing on killing. Luke, because, you know, he is trying to kill Luke here. Like, I've never... At this point. Yeah, I don't really recognize him saying no like that, really. Yeah. That wasn't like, an original yeah. movie, right? No, it wasn't. No. Like, so, so both of them weren't. Now, they, they added both of those no's. Huh. But the first no I was fine with when he's like, no. And then the second one, I'd be like, ah, you don't, you don't need the second one. You could have just, like, picked him up and threw him. Now... See, there, there goes him. To oh, I was, I was, I yeah, I was gonna say real quick. Um, was the no amplified though? Is it, it maybe audibly in that scene? It wasn't as loud as what we think. It's like that because they're in such a big room and we're hearing that as an audience. It's loud, but maybe you know what I mean. Maybe it's more. Right. Maybe it's not as loud as what we think. Yeah, good point. That's the only justification, I guess I could say. Right. Dude, this is such a great CGI. Um, the speed, dude, is glo- dude, and this and this looks this is the same scene like this has not changed. Yeah. In how many years? It still holds up. Um, oh yeah. Well, but well, ben, John before- Campy always says this is the best overall space battle just in, in any movie, which I'd say this probably is, is. This is probably the best. I mean, I don't want to say it's the best ending, but like, it's a hell of an ending for this movie for yeah. sure. But what? Oh, yeah. Molten? 
well, I'll say Chris or Ben to leave back and point about Exegol. So, you know, in the novelization, right, is this where he, like, transfers essence yeah. to the body? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, I don't know how I still feel about that, but whatever. Uh, the Emperor we'll, is still alive. <laughs> we'll, we'll accept it. You know what I'm saying? Somehow like, the Emperor survived. Yeah. <laughs> My no, because Cloney, Cloney's not, not unusual to us. I mean, he's not unusual. I mean, look at the Dark Empire yeah. comic books. He talks about that. It just comes down to execution, I think. Exactly. I think, I think, like, not to get in a whole uh, sequel rewriting discussion, but long story short, I think if you go with the Emperor cloning stuff as a buildup from Episode 7, it works. Yes. I think. As a stakes, like, build up, like, the Rebels freaking out, oh my gosh, the Emperor's coming back, oh my gosh, the Emperor's coming back in Episode 8, and then boom, the Emperor's back. Versus the way they did it. Yeah. Yeah. My boy. Yeah, it's like, ugh. This is dope scene. <laughs> I love this. Oh, yeah. Relief. One thing, even though it's been memed like 10 million times, but realistically, when all these Star Destroyers and Death Star blow up, man, like, Endor would be destroyed. Oh, free, yeah. I think. Well, in Battlefront 2, you're, you're escaping from Endor. It's Iron Versio, yeah, because it's, it's like it's a like junk an apocalypse. Field. There's like a yeah. junk field around the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we see um, Rise of Skywalker, like one of the moves, Kef Beer, just littered with mm. wreckage yeah. on the surface, too. So this is Moon of Endor. Have we been on Endor before in canon, Chris? No. Okay. I don't know if Endor I wonder even is like a habitable planet. Maybe it's like a gas giant or something. Mm, I always wondered that. So here's a fun question for you guys. Uh, if we're talking about um, playing around with certain scenes and stuff. Should they have, since they edited Hayden's face, should they have edited, somehow edited Hayden's face all, onto like the unmasking here? No. No. Okay. Nope. I'm totally just fine checking. with with this face. Okay. Good. I was gonna say. Well, I mean, I mean, we we got rid of the other Force Ghost Anakin, so just checking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I'm I'm totally fine with this. Like, I think okay, it good. makes sense because at this point he'd be like he's like, well, forty five. Yeah. His character's like forty five, almost fifty. So like, I'm cool with it. Okay. Did he always have those scars? Like, as he went into the sh suit for the first time. He had the scars that they just got cleaned up from like the uh, Bacta. Because I think Bacta. you see him, you see him in Obi Wan. You do see those scars in Obi Wan. Oh, okay. I just wasn't sure. Like, oh, is there an untold story where he had his mask off and he got sliced in the head somehow? <laughs> like, right. Oh yeah, no, you see him in Obi Wan. Now, don't they? They do CGI's eyebrows off, right? Uh, yes, I, I believe so. Did. Yeah. Yep. God, I remember as a kid, I was like, man, this made me sad. As a kid, I was like, man, this is tough because it's like you want you want Vader to survive, right? But here's the thing, though, and this is the great what if, you know, what if story. Vader, if Vader survives, what happens then? Like, does he? Yeah. 
does he have to pay for, uh, pay a penance for all the crime he's committed yeah. over the galaxy? Yeah. And, you know, do, he have to. Like, there's no yeah. way that the rebellion be like, "Oh, Luke, it's all good. We know it's your pops." They're like, "No, yeah. this guy out here committed genocide." Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> hey, that was that was like that that YouTuber. I found that little YouTuber who did the "What if you know Vader survived the, the oh, events right. of this exactly. movie?" And yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. So right. it was. So good. If anybody's looking it up, go look it up. Like, just type yeah. in, what if Vader survived Return of the Jedi? And, like, that guy, that's a good story. Did, did he do one more episodes? Now the thing about it, I think I watched the first one. Yeah, I haven't checked into it recently, but I, I will um, now that we are on this movie. Yeah. But, but yeah, that one was fire. Dude, I love this. Yeah. Oh, I'd be a cowboy so just great. because of this. Wow. Oh, yeah. See, I, Chris, I, I need to get a Millennium Falcon. Like, if, if if Star Wars is real, if someone said Milton Star Wars is real and you're a billionaire, like I'm building a Millennium Falcon. Facts. <laughs> like, it, oh yeah, dude, they're well, so well, good. Well, well, the thing is, um, so what's the official use of the um, the uh, the Millennium Falcon ships, the freighters? Like, are they just freighters? So wouldn't would it be just yeah. like us buying a semi, basically? So like, they probably wouldn't yeah. be that expensive. Yeah, yeah, they have all different kind of Corellian designs. I would go with the YT twenty four hundred Outrider. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, I was gonna say we know that. <laughs> oh god, yeah, facts. Um, now in the radio drama here, they they go through this spiel about the whole Luke thing, but in like different, some dialogues different, and then she kind of referenced that she's like pregnant, like in a weird way. Yep. Oh. And he's like, huh? Like he, she's like, oh, we can talk about it later or whatever. Oh yeah, she definitely references it in the um yeah. the radio drama like directly, but I mean pretty much. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, okay, that's a little over the top. Hans like, dang, that's that's not what I was planning. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have much time to get it in either. I guess on the rebel yeah. fleet. <laughs> hey, gotta gotta be quick. <laughs> Y'all stupid. <laughs> uh. I mean, that's just like Kanan and Hera. I mean, they go up the elevator, Kanan goes outside and gets blown away. Like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the celebration. Yeah, this is this is cool, like a Viking funeral. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and so to get to um our point we were discussing at the beginning of the podcast, Milton. Mm-hmm. So the whole story with um Obi Wan, so the way it plays out in the original uh write up um from Lucas, so Luke goes through this whole thing with it with the funeral of Vader, which is incredible. The the way it's shot, you know, just amazing. Like I joked before, I was like, Man, I could just see that being like my funeral, just a big Viking funeral out in the, the wilderness. Um but so the original way it was shot or the way it was written was Luke does this. And then when he turns around, he um, he basically, you know, he you know, he gets like a sense in the force and he sees like uh, Yoda. He sees his father's ghost. And then Yoda basically tells him, like, uh, you know, you have like a friend coming back from like the force mm-hmm. afterlife. And Obi-Wan like walks out of the shadows and Obi-Wan Whoa. basically Obi-Wan basically says like you know, he's one with the force and Luke's, you know, basically Luke's connected with the force. And now, you know, Obi-Wan, it's basically that full reference circle of like Obi-Wan becoming more powerful than Vader. 
where Obi-Wan is 100% back in the flesh. Like it literally says like Obi-Wan, like it, it talks about Ben Kenobi being like flesh and blood and, you know, Luke just being surprised that he stepped out of the afterlife into back into the real world. And like Obi-Wan basically goes and like observes, you know, Vader's funeral with Luke in that ending sequence. Right. Yeah. I don't know how, how I feel if that would actually be the real thing. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a, like a lazy cheat. That makes yeah, sense. I mean, it's it's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like really happy ending at you know yeah. really like pushing it. Right. How how do you guys feel about this ending? Like, I know original song was the, the Yub Nub, um, which I like the song, but I I like that they added the additional scenes of Coruscant, Naboo. I could have I could have uh, done Yub Nub fading into all of that, all of this. Yes. Yub Nub and going to the how I would have done that. Right. I, I, I like seeing all this, the, the planets of like them being free. Yeah, it's a great world building thing. Like, okay, the yeah. Empire, like, here's our, our microcosm of what's happening across the galaxy with what's happening on Endor. But let's take a look at what's happening on Naboo, Tatooine, and Coruscant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because the story has been pretty small scale. Like, you're just only focusing on a select, like, group of individuals. Mm. But really, they have a wide, what they're doing is wider range. Mm. Oh yeah, such a good ending. Now, what are our thoughts on Anakin's ghost getting changed? I'm cool with it. I'm cool okay. with it. Because, I was gonna because, say I'm. Because, I'm going. No, because it makes sense to. Because think about it. Like those Yoda and Ben always were good. They died as old men. The last time Anakin was good was he's a young guy. You know yeah. he wouldn't. Why would he come back as an old guy when he's not? Well, he wasn't good. See, I, necessarily. I, that makes I've always sense. gone like, back and forth on it. Yeah, I, I've always gone back and forth on it because it's like, you know, Anakin was truly good before, but then yeah. it's like Anakin was, you know, he was good at the end end, but it's just the whole thing of like, you know, can you be evil? And then at the very last second, okay, I'm good, you know, right before you die. Yeah, So it's exactly. like, I don't know, it's a tough, I lean, like as of late, especially with the Kenobi show, I lean more toward, I would say like 60% more leaning toward the younger Anakin. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of kind of a cool well, my, my thing is though, too, though, because like we've seen more younger Anakin in the whole Star yep. Wars saga with the Clone Wars, with clones, with Revenge of the Sith. Well, you got to think when Lucas show. edited this too. Yeah, so it's like seeing that particular actor slash character play him is like it would make sense to bring him back to make him the one like yep. okay, this is what he was before he went down that path of the dark side. Hold so, on a second, oh, for, for sure. Uh, Marsha Lucas or whoever, um, she she edited this. I thought she was yes. not doing Star Wars after. No, the first she one. she edited. It. So they they divorced. They divorced. I think after Empire. No, after Revenge. This is after a new a New Hope. I think wasn't it? Was it New Hope? Uh, no, no. He yeah. he helped. She helped with the movie still because I think after Return of the Jedi, he was struggling financially, I think, with some stuff, too. I, I think I think he goes into some of that in the in the documentary as well. Hmm. Oh. So, well, with all that being said, what uh, what are we rating this movie? I mean, I, I mean la, 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 a last nine out of Empire ten. was ten across the board for us. Got you. What was it you said, Ben? Last time we, last time we all each gave Empire a ten. Oh, oh yeah, this uh, is a nine. Yeah, this is yeah, this is nine out of ten for me. Um, mainly just just little stuff, but I mean it's just yeah. nitpicky stuff, and I wish some of the story stuff could have been 
told her, I guess, a little differently, but it's not trash. We all know Return of the Jedi <laughs> is dope. Yeah. Like, let's just be real here. Um, no, this is definitely my second favorite one of the original trilogy. Uh, nine out of ten, without question. I love the Emperor. I love the music. I love Vader and Luke. You know, getting that resolved. Um, again, this movie still holds up till this day. Oh yeah, I I can agree with you guys as well. For me, it's a nine out of ten because of those reasons. It holds up as an amazing story. I love Luke's progression through the movie, Vader's progression, getting to see the Emperor for technically the first time, like in person, was great. Um, and then just seeing where everybody ends up like and to me um you know just throw out not, not to like say throw out the sequel trilogy but this is like the best one of the best overall endings for a movie like perfect happy ending yes. for a saga in my opinion um in general because there's a lot of other saga movies like or franchises they don't end well like you know the original jurassic park trilogy was kind of a wonky ending in the third one yeah. you know you know you have different franchises that they can't stick the landing and this one stuck the landing for me so like to me, it's a 9 out of 10. And as you said, Milton, the only reason it's a 9 is because, like, those... The good thing is the flaws in this movie, they're not glaring flaws. They're just little nitpicks that add up versus right. being actual mega issues. So, you know, that's why I would say it's a, easily a 9 out of 10. Yeah, for me, there's a lot of things that, it, again, it pioneers uh, special effects, as it always does, with uh, the Rancor scene, with the speeder bike chase, with the incredible space sequence. Um, you have uh, character dynamics that are changing uh, throughout uh, what's happening with Luke, Leia, and Han in that situation. Seeing Luke come so far, the character development over the, the duration of the three films. Uh, we said in the beginning, him going from A New Hope uh, to Empire to... Return of the Jedi, you see him grow as a person and into his uh, his role as a Jedi. I do feel like there are some certain sequences like Milton and I mentioned about Darth Vader's the biggie one for me. It's like I really noticed it this viewing. It's like, okay, you're right. He didn't really do a whole lot. It's like kind of like him just going back and forth and back and forth on the ship where it's like, okay, let's, let's see a little bit more from Vader. Mm. Um, but other than that, I love how we start the movie... And I didn't realize it was only like 30 minutes with the Jabba stuff, basically. It's like 30, 35 minutes. Right. And then we're, yep. we're constantly going to different locations. Uh, again, keeping the story fresh where we're engaged. We're not feeling like we're somewhere for too long. Yeah, it gets to that point sometimes in Ewok Village for me. But other than that, yeah, I, I agree with Bill and I agree with Ben. Like, this is a great finale that ties everything up really nicely until uh, like 30 years later. Then they're like, hey, let's make more. <laughs> Yep. Don't get me started on those movies. Well, <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, you will, because once we, I'm telling you right now, like, I know we, we, we've done the prequels, we've done Rogue One and Solo. Oh, like, I, think, I think, I think we've been very positive throughout the films, and we, we've criticized them appropriately. I thought I, I have to say we've been very objective. Well, the, these are fair to me. We've been positive leaning toward a lot of all the movies we've talked about so far. But our criticisms have been fair, and also though they are our positiveness, or I guess our bias, I guess toward those other movies, all of these movies. It's not like we're biased, you know, you know, just positively inflating these movies. Like right. these are what they are. Like they're great. Exactly. Now I will say, you know, to anyone when they come to those, I think, oh, Milton's gonna rip the sequels apart. <laughs> 
I'm going to be objective like I like I have been throughout any time I watch those movies, you know, because I will say I don't mind The Force Awakens. I I can I can yep. sit through that movie and watch it. You know, and I think usually when I watch that film, they're going, okay, it's really not a bad movie. I think I've learned to appreciate it. It's when we get into The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker where I'm like, okay, I'm going to be as clear and objective as I can. And I'm going to be critical because they set up the first movie for us to believe certain things were going to happen. Well, well, oh, yeah, even even in the novelizations and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, are the novelizations canon? For the sequel trilogy? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, with that being I said... I know what Milton's going to say. <laughs> there are things in those books that, that occurs, okay, and that are said, and it makes no sense for how they don't have it in the movie or how it doesn't line up within the movie. You know, yeah. and it's like, what what were they thinking? But it's it's whatever, you know? Like, I'm not saying everything in a book needs to be in the film. We all know that. But there are certain elements where I'm thinking, wait a minute, this should have been in the movie. This should, should have made oh. it, would have fleshed out the movie so much better. Especially in The Rise of Skywalker, about the Palpatine stuff, even some of the Luke oh, yeah. stuff in Last Jedi. Even some of the stuff in The Force Awakens should have been put in the movie from the book. Because I actually like the book better, I think, honestly. So it's, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. It's the, I, freak the, man, freak the I Last Jedi. I feel like with... <laughs> I get I get where you're coming from completely. Um, but it, it, to me, when it falls on like our like critiquing, um, you know, movies and all of these things, it's like, you know, they're coming from a good place, not just like oh, or like dunking yeah. on movies for the heck of it. Um, and like to me, I think um, I think when it comes to like critiquing and stuff, it's just we are not one of those star wars podcasts where it's like all cheerleader stuff or all like anti star wars stuff because there's yeah. a lot of star wars podcasts um you know obviously not pointing any creators out but there are other creators like they're either like it's like cheerleaders or it's like everything about star wars is horrible so it's like you know just a blindly hate or blindly love and like you to me you can't do that because then it like it dings your credibility as a creator because it's like all right do you just like hate on everything to hate on it or do you just love it just to love it to like you know blindly follow or blindly disagree with stuff and like to me i feel like we're always fair with our critiques of whether it be the shows or the movies or the books or you know our comments or whatever it may be mm. yeah yeah, I mean, so so when it comes to our next commentary, we don't know sometime next year because uh, <laughs> we wanted to finish this up because we got an onslaught of Star Wars content coming out. We've been keeping the the pod not keeping the podcast live, but we've been keeping the commentaries going pretty pretty regularly because we've been in a little bit of a drought from the major uh, Star Wars series. But it's been fun so far. We got three. Movies left to talk about at some point, probably after, I would imagine, Mandalorian Season 3. There's probably going to be a substantial gap in time between that and Ahsoka, I would imagine. Right. So so be on the lookout for that. But in, in case this is the first one you watched, we have, uh, what is it, another like uh, six, seven of these on the channel. Even Solo and Rogue One, we have a commentary yeah. and the prequels all. So so go back and watch those, uh, listen to those as well, because... Uh, yeah. I think everyone has been informative and you're going to maybe pick up on some things that you might have not noticed before, such as me pointing out things in every single viewing of these. Or Milton, right. or Milton with the yeah. lightsaber, with Luke's lightsaber in the throne room. I mean, that was new to me tonight. Right. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you right now, though. Uh, the Last Jedi, you might have to just, like, do it without me. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, going to hey, be entertaining got, as all we, heck. We, yeah, we got to have, have you on, Milton. It's, it, it'll, of course, it'll uh, be fun. No, I'm going to watch that movie. I'm going to tell you right as now. Anakin I'm, says, this, this is where the fun begins. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to struggle watch it. And as here's the thing. Uh, I like the first, like, ten minutes of that movie, actually. I will say the first ten minutes isn't bad of The Last yeah. Jedi, but I'm a struggle. I tell you right now, because I usually struggle watching that film. Like, I am not blowing smoke. I struggle with that movie. Yeah, Ever there's... since I saw it in the theater, it's like, ugh. I don't, I don't think I reacted in the theater. I think I just sat there and was like, what the hell am well, I watching? Well, there are certain, <laughs> there's just certain aspects with it. Um, Like, you know, even, like, even to say that, like, there are certain, there are positive parts of the movie. I feel yes. like, you know, you have... You have your different um, moments, like 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 I always say that movie. Say what you want about it, but you know, hearing Luke talk about Darth Sidious is great in my Love opinion. It. I think that is great, great, great. And then like even like the cinematography is excellent. I like um, the ending. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, for, the whole force projection thing was kind of upsetting yeah. at first, but then as I see it, I'm like, oh, it's not too bad. And I love the music during that scene too. Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. Chris, with all this Last Jedi talk, let's just roll it into Last Jedi. Keep on talking for another two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, nah, 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 nah. yeah I, I ain't that nice tonight. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Well, I Good think times. that's going to do it for, for episode number 70. What are you guys going to be up to in this upcoming week? Um. Oh, wow. Well, this upcoming week for me, I have a three-day weekend. So I'm just going to like just get some stuff done around my place. Maybe go see some friends and family. We'll see what happens. But... Honestly, I'm just going to enjoy this weekend and just just relax, I think, hopefully. Um, and probably watch some football because, you know, this preseason, was it officially week one or two? Week one officially. Week one of preseason. So I might check out some games uh, yep. for sure on NFL Network, just getting amped up for that. Um, and just get some workout in tomorrow. I got a nice little workout planned in the morning, and hopefully I can just get through that and have a good Saturday. There you go, Ben. Yeah, for me, I'm pretty much doing the same thing, getting getting some workouts in, meal prepping, getting ready because it's it's mm. Madden season. You know, everyone knows I love Madden on this podcast. So, you know, I've I've done some uh back channeling things on the Xbox so I can play a day early on Monday morning. So I'm gonna be pretty much playing Madden starting Monday morning at eight AM. Um and it's gonna be a gonna be a fun week of Madden. But uh it's pretty much what I'm doing, getting ready for the week coming up and like Milton said, just chilling, watching football working out, talking with you guys, uh, whether it be YouTube, Milton and Chris or other people on Twitter about Star mm-hmm. Wars. And, you know, I mean, it's Star Wars every day for most of us. So there's yeah. always something to talk about. And for me, you know, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Real Ben Maynard. And you can find Milton at Milton Weber 7 on Twitter and then Milton 7 Weber on Instagram. And Chris? <laughs> yeah, I'll be... Uh... Painting as always. I've uh, just finished uh, some Gar Saxon Rook cast. I'm on the Baldalorians. Finally, I finished all my Black Sun, my Pikes. Got the Swoop Riders coming out next week. So just as I'm getting caught up, they dropped me with like a whole bunch of more things to put together. So I'll be doing that until the new year, basically. But other than yeah. that, I'm gonna be, <laughs> uh, you know, going down the shore, getting some. Nice time off. I, I took uh, a day off as well, Millen, so I'll be enjoying that on Monday. But nice. yeah, you can find, um, I have a bunch of videos I've been putting up. Um, it's been a while. I've put up uh, some unboxings of a uh, a new Star Wars toy line called uh, Galaxy uh, Squadrons. 
Micro Galaxy Squadron, which are a riff off of the old 90s Micro Machines action fleet, which are these little tiny dudes that you put in really cool ships and, and mix and match. And, uh, so I have a couple of videos on, on the channel. Make sure you go ahead and check those out if that interests you. Other than that, you can find us here next week, same time, same place, youtube.com slash starraptor, 9 o'clock Eastern. And you can also listen to us on any podcast uh, platform of your choice. So for Milton, for Ben, for I, Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor, thanks everybody for joining us for our commentary of Return of the Jedi and for episode number 70 of Outer Rim Transmission. Everybody stay well. May the Force be with you and transmission.